everybody. I don't know why I started, why I said that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Backlog Breakdown. I'm one of your co-hosts, Nate, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, co-co-host, um, Josh. Co-host, thank you. Hey, well, how's it I going? Mean, we're, I don't know. And we also have a, a special guest and friend, Mark. Oh, hey. Howdy, folks. Hey. I am cuckoo for Cocoa Hosts. <laughs> yes. That was a better opening bit than uh, the – see, I didn't even have an opening bit, and I actually mm-hmm. relayed a, a bit of a, a really sad story to, to Mark and Josh. Mm-hmm. And Josh looked at me after I relayed my sad story, and he was like, I don't see what that has to do with like the opening bit. Um, so I'm going to regale you with a aforementioned sad tale, um, <laughs> and you guys can let me know uh, how this did not have anything to do with, uh, well, the show in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a water filter thing in my refrigerator, as many refrigerators have like the, the lines, you know, mm-hmm. and I had to replace the filter. And so I went to Lowe's and I got the filter, I brought the filter home, opened it up and there was water in it. And uh, so I spent, yeah, I know it's terrifying. Um, and at first I was like, cause like, here's the thing. I don't know if you guys have ever had to like do this, but it's like, you have to run like two gallons through it, mm. which takes like through the little like water stream in like your refrigerator takes forever. So I was like, maybe somebody got smart. And there was a part of me that was like, maybe somebody got smart and was like, Hey, maybe we should like pre-rinse these things. Um, okay. you know, yeah. but but then, but I was like ninety percent sure that like there wasn't supposed to be water in it. Um, so I like Googled uh, this thing, and Google was entirely unhelpful. All I needed mm-hmm. was a yes or no, and I got none of that. I got long articles about reviews and all of of different types of water filters and all sorts of stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. How does water filtration work? I don't know. Uh, you just it's like magnets. No one knows. It's, it's, it's science. Magic. Magic. As far as I know. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to science the crap out of it. Um, <laughs> that's a 372 pages reference. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. They, uh, Mark, have you, I mean, I'm sure that you've heard us reference that podcast. Right. Um, I have not listened to it. They read and then pan bad books, and it's the it's Mike okay. Nelson, one of the the original host of MST three MS uh, MST three okay. K. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he and Connor Lostoka rip rip up these terrible books. Nice. And so the guy who wrote The Martian wrote another book called Artemis, Artemis. Mm-hmm. and they just finished that up. And yeah, there's just oh some boy, really amusing. <laughs> oh boy, is that a book? Is oh that a boy. collection of it's, words. It's a book? Question mark? Um, anyways, getting back to my story. Um, if infinite amounts of monkeys sat down in front of infinite amounts of typewriters. It would writers, still be better than this thing. <laughs> Even if half of it was fecal matter. Um, but um, getting back to my story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of filtering um, things out. So I I put entirely like I spent like you know, probably like 15 minutes Googling things. I called my dad and I was like, he could, he couldn't pick up. And I was just like, so eventually I just call Lowe's and I'm like, Hey, I just bought a water filter, uh, for my refrigerator. There was already water in it. Uh, I was like, is it, there's not supposed to be water in this. And she's like, no, bring it back. So I went back and I took it back and 
I got a new water filter because some dirt ball, um, probably most likely, um, and I, I shouldn't be surprised by this, but I, I kind of am uh, more than surprised. I'm, I'm just mostly disappointed, but, uh, yeah, I think some dirt ball, like just basically clean up their old water filter and, mm. uh, threw it in the old packaging and returned it because, uh, they didn't want to pay wow. 60 bucks for a new <laughs> water filter. I mean, they paid the 60 bucks, but then they got their 60 bucks back. So, uh, I mean, that was you put the dirty filter in the back in the box and send it back. You're not uh, supposed to do that. I, you might have gotten mine. No, Mark, you're a horrible per- person. <laughs> I'm just yeah. wondering why a dirt ball would need filtered water. <laughs> well, dirt ball's a figure of speech here, friend. But so that, that that has absolutely nothing to do with anything but i just wanted to tell everybody that story because i was i was uh not even enraged but i was just uh i was kind of flabbergasted mm-hmm. and disappointed i was mm-hmm. like yeah what kind of what kind the world is going to heck in a handbasket that's all i'm saying anyways thoughts so, and prayers to you yeah yeah <laughs> thank you thank you these these trying times uh, <laughs> and then i had to take come back and put it in my refrigerator and spend the next 15 minutes pouring two gallons through <laughs> that stupid thing. Anyways. Yeah. So there you go, listeners. There's my, my woeful tale. Mm. And, uh, I know it has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but I didn't have an opening bit. So there you go. <laughs> but, <laughs> we made it. So, we made it. Uh, so guys, that was sort of like one of the things that has happened uh, in, in the last couple of weeks for me. But, uh, mm. you, you know, there's – and Mark, you know this is like Josh's favorite thing. He loves oh, yeah. this so much. Mm-hmm. But uh, like a it's been – It's been. It's been. It's been. An undisclosed amount of time since I talked to you. Hey, yep. Josh, did you know that? It's So you're going to have some work in post there, friend. I, I did it. Trace times. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, what the stutter edit? You know, that's all. All the rage with the kiddos and their music nowadays. Cool. Um, well, since we have Mark, who is a returning guest, but he's a friend, and we haven't had you on in a while, yeah. what's going on, man? How has it been with you? Well, <laughs> I will Sorry. say, last time I was. What's up? I I made Josh laugh, and then I just had to apologize for my shenanigans. <laughs> it it sounds it sounds even more wrong without the s. How is it been? <laughs> it just I don't know. I don't know. There you go. Made it. Um, well, ever since for one, ever since I was on the episode, I asked because I didn't know the reference. I have now listened listened to the song. It's a great song. Uh, so big mm. fan. Uh, Wow. Also, more probably a bigger deal than that since we have since I've last been here is uh, we had a baby and so he yeah. is now oh. almost seven months old. Mm. Just cruising. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. <laughs> it's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, nothing <laughs> major. Just uh, you can tell he's a baby by the way he is. Baby. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's been great. Uh, he is about to the spot where he is threatening to crawl. Mm. Um, he can roll over pretty easily. He can kind of get up on the hands and knees and that's about it. So he's getting there. Yeah. And that's really that been, awesome. I guess, probably the biggest, uh, life update that I could give. So, 
There you, go. you know what though, too, man. You uh, with eleven and a half minutes, you have mm-hmm. gone weekly. I have that. That is a big deal. Know, so that is that's very cool. You very, could very cool is approximately the time it takes to uh, kind of pre-filter a filter. So you mm. could do listen to a, a podcast a podcast episode when you do that next time. That's if I listen at one one regular speed, but I oh I don't. sure. I don't, I don't listen to anything. You could just run the water through your filter at two times speed also. <laughs> Match yeah. it up so that it that, doesn't take so long. It, no, because it <laughs> runs through the filter. You know what? You're the worst. Yeah, you're that's the worst. true. He's that's the worst, true. Mark. Why do I do this to myself? But <laughs> I can't answer that for you. That's ah, an existential question that you have to find for yourself. Yeah. Obviously, well, thanks. I mean, I'm uh, just saying you shared the story. So if you didn't want me to bring it back up, then... Shouldn't have shared we it. we all knew that it was a bad idea going into it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been, Josh? Yeah, uh, I've been good. I've been good. Um, yeah, no, I you know obviously forefront of my mind is still the whole job search thing, and that mm-hmm. has been it, it's it, it's just wild because uh, like highs and lows is kind of how it goes. Um, uh, I can't remember where I was the last time we uh, we talked on the podcast, but things are going well. Um, there's some progress being made, but still, you know, not, no. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how things pan out. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself uh, with the number because I've, I've, you know, there there have been some other ones that oh, it seemed seemed promising and then got shut down, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature of the process. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the future holds, but we're doing good. We are doing good. We're at a good place right now. So good. Yeah, good. man. Yeah. Uh, Mark, I can sympathize with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Byron <laughs> is kind of like, he is just under nine months. Like Nice. Okay. Like, well, he's like eight and a half. Yeah. And he, he can roll. He, he, he does the rolling thing. He rolls onto his tummy pretty easily. Yeah. He's kind of okay. like lazy when it comes to like rolling onto his back. He's like, I could, but I don't really want to. I'd rather just be on my tummy. Um, Sweet. And he, it's like the other day, he like almost, there was this kind of moment where it looked like Megan said he was like, it seemed like he was like ready to. And then he was like, ah, this is hard. I'm tired. Nope. Like He was just like, <laughs> he was like, yeah. So. An effort was made. Yeah. It's an effort today. Yeah, he's, but yeah, that's kind of like, that's just going to be like the thing I think where like, instead of like the, the grays that are sort of in my beard now, like it's going to just like start like, just like patches instead of being kind <laughs> so, of a yeah. mostly dark beard. It's just going to be like giant streaks. Um, so yeah, but no, things are okay here. Uh, I had a chance, uh, Parker came into town, uh, no, it was over the weekend and got, got a chance to awesome. like spend some time with him. Um, nice. Yeah. And it was, uh, we had like a really interesting conversation and I think I, you know, if we, if we, depending on how much time we have for like a bro hang or whatever, when, we, when this is all said and done, maybe I'll go over some of that, but hmm. it was, it was kind of just like, he's been sort of doing some thinking about, um, and I'm not going to share like the details, but just sort of like a lot of like the underlying sort of, uh, not necessarily even intentional, but like the passive hostility to Christian and Christian thought and mm-hmm. gaming and game design. 
So like one of the okay. things that um just like the way that like like how like shamanism, right? And sort of like earth worship is like there's so many games that have sort of like an ecological bend toward towards them. Mm-hmm. And like they're these sort of like shamanistic in touch with nature kind of uh, characters. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or, or even like the characters. Like and he's got like a whole bunch of stuff that he's like been just like combing through. And it's at the very least, it's it's at the very, very least, it is like giving me some like interesting sort of like handholds, like think through some stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of it is like, you know, sort of echoes like what we've said, like, you, you know, um, but it's it's kind of like he's he's engaging into like and he's just saying like a lot of it is even well, you know, what he's. He's still working on it and stuff, but he's like, yeah. I, I think it's just a really interesting framework. Um, and I actually, Mark uh, and Josh both, I said, yeah. I, I asked him if it was okay. He's not ready for me to share it, like to share it with a lot of people, but mm-hmm. you guys were both like names that I mentioned. I was like, oh, hey, like I have some friends I'd like to run this by. Um, okay. I was also thinking like Patrick Miller, Patrick and Ka- Caleb, hmm. actually. Ooh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Both. Um, as well so it's like it's just an interesting sort of like at least like at just asking questions because like mm-hmm. there are so many like i think we take for granted that there's like a lot of like meta narrative underneath all of this stuff that is at the very least like anti-christian whether mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. intentionally or not like one of the games he brought up was like 33 immortals and he was like he's like a lot of it is like he's like he's like it's uh the new thunder lotus game that it's not coming out it's not out yet but it's uh i think it's it was at the xbox showcase okay um it's like it's a just like a on but like the the entire premise of god is like it's built on basically rebelling against the wrath of god <laughs> gotcha. and like defying like and it's like it's not explicitly a christian god but even sort of like this idea about like rebelling against a just authority like and just it's it's just interesting there's lots of like yeah. ideas like and even sort of like talking about them like how like rebellion as a general rule in a lot of games is treated as virtue whereas mm-hmm. within the christian ethic rebel like needless rebellion like rebellion against just and and good authority is actually mm-hmm wicked <laughs> so yeah. yeah um anyways just it, it's hmm. it's been an interesting sort of like we had a really kind of cool conversation about that and um i i, I really kind of was like he's telling me about it i was like dude i was like you got to do something with this and i was like can i tell people about this and he was like well yeah but just i'm not done with it yet so i just and i was like okay well yeah so and he doesn't listen to this so he's he's not going to be like i didn't give away too many spoilers but it's a really sure. it's a really kind of fascinating idea because uh, there's like he's got like a whole pile of stuff in there um, hmm. and it's stuff a lot of it just is kind of like seemingly innocent but like yeah yeah anyways but uh yeah 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 that's cool so so you know but all that being like another thing that's interesting is we have another form that needs to be observed right. here, friends. And uh it's it's time for the backlog report. Oh yeah, I've got my report. That is a really messy report, Josh. It, it is, it is messy. I hope that that's my life I hope right that now. that's not how you uh you know you present your, your C V to potential <laughs> employers. <laughs> 
Well, I guess truth be told, my my report is digital as well as my CVs. So good uh, should be good. <laughs> but That's you do find fully work, friend. This yeah. whole time, I thought that was your actual report. The whole time, I've I've been lying to you. He fooled you. Uh, just you. movie magic. Well, Mark, <laughs> since you're our guest, why don't you sort of give us a bit of a rundown on some stuff you've been playing, reading, watching, yeah. whatever. Okay. Outside of your son, you know. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, you've been outside, watching him like, a lot. I'm sh- well, playing with him I mean, a lot. Yeah. Reading a little, him? A little bit of time. Hmm. Um, okay, so I've got, I've been looking forward to this because I have a something to pitch um, that, Ooh. I'm a big fan of now. <clears throat> the two quick ones, really quick. Uh, I've been reading, I have it here because I would forget the title or the author, but Know What You're For by Jeff Henderson. It's a okay. marketing book kind of on um, how like the new customers, uh, the new marketing is becoming fans of your customers, not just your customers becoming fans of your business or brand, uh, which is a really novel concept. Um, that I'm about a third of the way through and just kind of found just a few different ways to say that. So it's been okay. Um, kind of waiting for it to really kick up more. Um, okay. Other quick thing is I rolled credits on Tears of the Kingdom, oh. which is very fun and exciting. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of prepared thoughts. Really, I mean, really great game. Um, one... I'm trying not to like, if you don't want anything at all spoiled, this is a very general take on the very end. It mm-hmm. has, so how every Zelda boss explodes when you kill them, this is the greatest boss explosion in Zelda history. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. Okay. Big thing that we have, like my wife and I, have, uh, my wife Sarah and I have both really gotten into this year um, mm-hmm. is Formula One. So okay, um, really thanks to the Netflix series Drive to Survive, which is a documentary series on Formula One. Um, really highly recommend it. I will say the uh, Netflix series is a ton of language, so just be on the lookout for that. Um, but I guess how familiar are y'all with this? I mean, I've watched some. Okay, like it's. Cars going very, very fast. Yes. Does In, um uh, does Talladega Nights count? Not quite. <laughs> but maybe Talladega, Talladega Nights is more like uh, NASCAR. Right. Yeah, that's that's form, true. Formula that's true. One the... is like think <sighs> like IndyCar is the American version of it. Okay. I'm sure there's way more differences that the nerds would correct me on, but um, like think that car shape, like it's mm-hmm. right, know, right, very yep. pointy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also like every track is unique. There are no kind of just singular oh. ovals. It's, so it's okay. Yeah, all okay. different turns. It's international in scope. Um, but the biggest thing that I did not know going in at all is that there are a total of 20 drivers in formula one and that's it. Like there's 20 drivers in the world and that's all you got. There's wow. 10 teams. Each team has two drivers. So that's also like a weird dynamic of you are, uh, competing against your teammate, but also you're both going for, so I think Mario Kart, when you like the higher up (laughs) you finish, the more points you get. And that's literally how it works. So you're going for a combined points together. Um, but there's also two championships going at the same time. There's the driver's championship, 
So you're scoring your own points and there's the constructors championship, which is just the team championship. And that's combined points together. Um, So it is, it can get pretty dramatic. Your teammates can kind of have beef with each other. You can kind of have rivalries between different teams and different drivers. Um, And there's like a lot of, there can be a lot of drama behind the scenes. And I will say like one thing for the Netflix series is that the drive to survive is kind of like the fish story of what actually goes on. So it's like everything has technically happened, but it's a little bit more embellished and that's like for the entertainment factor. Um, Sure. But there since really like watching that series, we bought the past, like watch all the races kind of year round. The season goes from like March to November and there's, Oh, wow. 23 races this year. So it's kind of like every other week. Um, but yeah, nice. it's been really fun to dig into just something kind of the, the well runs deep in formula one. So you can really yeah. dig into the technical nerdy stuff, but also you can just watch it for like the big personalities and beautiful places. <laughs> um, and just kind of watch it for the drama and it being such a condensed sport. It's like really easy to really wrap your, like arms around the whole thing. It's like, you need to know 30 names and you kind of know everyone important in the entire sport. (laughs) Um, And so it's also easy to kind of track the story of the season basically Mm -hmm. um, as it's unfolding, but highly recommend it. It's a good time. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. Gotta go fast. Like, (laughs) you know what I like about Formula One, though, is like, it's like you said, Mark, that the the tracks aren't just like an oval. Right. And it's like, they're, they are, it's, it kind of like, they're nicer than sort of like off-road, like racing kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's a similar, it's like, it's paved, but there's still like hairpin turns and like, just nutty like you know it's like this is like and i'm not saying that nascar drivers aren't skilled sure but like making like left turns all day long for like 24 hours a day is a very different skill set than i think like driving on an f1 track would would Hmm. be yeah it is it's so much more like less about how fast they can go and more kind of like the differences in speed of like they have to take this turn at 60 miles an hour which is already i would not take a hairpin turn at 60 miles an hour <laughs> uh, but then speed back up to 180 190 like Whoa. instantly um and so just crazy changes in speed um just a lot of like technicality it's like really it's still tricky to pass each other and there's kind of certain tracks or that's more doable than others and so it's kind of yeah each race has been a little bit different. Um, yeah. Nice. Pretty cool. Nice. I, I, I have to, I mean, we're, we're, we're the video game podcast. Okay. Yeah. The closest thing to, to F1 that I've ever gotten is F zero. Yeah. So <laughs> that, and you are just, a fan of terrible puns. That's actually mm-hmm. the fun fact is that because there are minor leagues to F1 and like the okay. lower speeds are F2, F3. So the only thing faster than F1 is F0. Mm-hmm. I hate there this. There you go. That <laughs> I was, well, I mean, I knew that's what it was a reference to. Uh, I didn't okay. realize yeah, that yeah. it was, I didn't realize that it, even just, you know, the tracks and stuff like that, I didn't realize yeah. it was different. So, uh, or I guess the similar 
to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the game pulls from real life. It is inspired by some actual yes. things, um, but also very futuristic. But that that's really cool. That's really cool. Fun fact. <laughs> there you go. That was my that was my pitch. So awesome. No, I like that. I like that. Um, that book sounds interesting. I'm always like interested in like some marketing jargon, kind of like that. It's I like the approach where um, yeah, because I feel like the, there are some like creators or firms or brands that um and maybe sometimes that's the shtick but they're a little like antagonistic with their fan base or like hmm. and sometimes that that is the shtick i guess you know but i don't know um yeah are you saying like antagonist to their fan base or like kind of try to weaponize their fan base a little bit of column A, a little bit of uh, column B. Um, okay. I mean, like, you know, one of the biggest things is, like, uh, the way that, like, um, so I think about, like, one of the biggest criticisms of games media and games journalists is that, like, they are, like, at times openly disdainful of, you know, fans of the genre in general, like video mm-hmm. games in general, or just even sometimes fans of their particular outlet. Hmm. Um, you know, that's, but yeah, that was like something, but it's just like, even sometimes the way that like, sometimes you'll see like an artist who has like almost like, like a, a, a pop star or a rock star who has like a certain amount of just like disdain for the people that come to their shows and buy their albums. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the idea of like saying like, no, like enjoy the people who enjoy your stuff is kind of like, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. So. Well, nice. I will say yeah. too, he is a Christian guy. He's a, hmm. I don't know if he was or is currently a pastor of a church in Atlanta. Okay. I don't know. Um, but he also has worked for like Chick-fil-A and Atlanta Braves. So business man, businessman and pastor. Nice. So what's the book called again? I'm just going to like add it to my yeah. list here. It's uh, Know What You're For, um, oh. colon, A Growth Strategy for Work and an Even Better Strategy for Life. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that. There you go. So, well, Josh, how about mm-hmm. you? What have you been watching, reading, playing? What have I been into? What do I have to report on over the past couple weeks? Um, So uh, reading, not too much, but here lately I started up listening to a book. um, Been kind of on my list. Actually, along the same lines, I had mentioned uh, R.C. Sproul, that biography of him. Um, I'm now listening to a biography of Chuck Colson. Um, It's Mm. called The Colson Way by Owen Strand. And um, I... Turns out I didn't know very much about this guy at all. <laughs> I just kind of recognized his name and I was interested and, and, and check this out. Um, but uh, he was previously, like before he was saved, he was a part of the, the Nixon administration or at least he was working with Nixon. Yeah. And so, and he was like, he went to jail partially because of the Watergate scandal. Mm. Partially. He wasn't necessarily involved in Watergate itself, but um, nope. Yeah, just stuff that was going on. Yeah. <laughs> Which is which is kind of crazy. Um, then he 
meets Jesus and totally like turns his life around and, and gets heavily involved in like prison ministry and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's yeah, kind of a, a really cool story of just like, of just redemption and the way that God uses people. So I'm digging it. I'm not done with it. I'm, I want to say I'm only like halfway through, um, but it's pretty cool. So that's, that's Chuck Holson. Um, so that's what I've been, li- uh, well, listening to reading, you know, along those lines. <laughs> In terms of watching, I've, I've had a bunch of evenings with the wife where we'll just kind of put the kids to bed and we're tired. And so we just turn something on. Um, and she's been watching through the Hobbit movies. So that's been fun. Um, but we've, the, the two things that we've, we've sat down and watched over the past, and, and I don't know that I can even fully recommend this, but I'll just say that we watch it, um, <laughs> is on Netflix. It's a stand up comedian. Uh, his name is John Mulaney, if you're familiar <laughs> with him, but his yeah. latest stand up special is called Baby J. And it is all about his time in rehab because he was a Coke addict. Um, and, and so like he makes it very comedic. But it's all about his what like leading up to and then his time in rehab, um, which, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that, you know, he can make jokes about it. But uh, it's 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 not somber because it's jokes, but it's also, you know, it's just it's kind of a serious topic. Um, so because because he like talks about all the different things that he was on. I say Coke, but there are multiple things. So anyways, yeah, it's, it's just really usually if you're going to rehab, it's. For not just one thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a whole uppers and downers, you know, doing doing everything. Um, so, so it's 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 kind of crazy. The reason I bring it up is just because, like, one, it was funny, but two, it's just um, it was kind of like interesting subject matter and how one, hmm. you know, functions <laughs> on you know a plethora of different drugs for a long time too. Because he talked about how yeah. he first started doing drugs back in high school, you know, like early high school. So I'm just like, man, um, that's kind of crazy. Cause I, you know, he doesn't, he's not a screw up, you know, <laughs> like yeah. he's, he's a well-known guy. Um, but, but yeah. So anyways, anyways, all that, that you know, that's like a, a bag of, of contradictions there. Take it, take it as you will. I don't know that I can give it a full recommendation, but I watched it and I enjoyed it. Um, the other thing is a rewatch. Of course, we've talked about this even on the podcast. Uh, we sat down the other night and watched the, once again, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And, you know, I, I would say 12 year, 12, 13 years since it was released, it does hit a little different. You know, I've got a different set of eyes as I watch the movie. Um, the, the one thing that stuck out to me was just how great the cast was. Um, cause a lot of the, the cast members, even they're playing like bit parts have gotten a lot more popular. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and it, it's kind of crazy. I was like, Oh, Anna Kendrick is in this movie. I didn't realize that. I'm like, yeah. hmm. um, you know, just these Aubrey, little bit Aubrey parts. Plaza. Is Aubrey Plaza. Movie. Yeah. Um, and then of course, uh, 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 he plays Lucas Lee. One of the evil exes, Chris, is, Evans. Uh, yeah. Chris Evans. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just a fantastic character. And then my wife pointed out that the, the, the vegan bassist was like Superman in Superman Returns. I didn't oh, realize yeah. that. Um, Brandon Roof. Brandon Roof. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, mm-hmm. I had no idea. And the Brie Larson as Envy Adams. Um, so it's just, let's see. Um, it's crazy. The, oh, the, the girl who plays the, the ninja, the by furious. Uh, ninja yeah. X. Yeah. May Whitman. Mm-hmm. May Whitman. She's yep. kind of a big deal now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's not maybe big deal, but she's, I mean, she's, she's been in a number of, 
like fairly dramas critically received yeah. shows. Yeah. She's not just egg, egg? in arrested development. Who? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yes. Um so anyways, it is it's still it's still a really fun movie. Um but there are some things, you know, that you notice now mm. that you didn't necessarily notice then. Um you know, Scott is kind of a loser. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> yes, he's the worst. Also, Ramona isn't very likable. <laughs> hmm. well, she doesn't think- have much of a character at all. <laughs> I think it's just like, oh, I have a past. <laughs> like, that's kind of like the thing that's like sort of interesting is like, that's really kind of actually true to the spirit of the book in a lot of ways. Like, mm. Scott's just a jag off. Mm-hmm. Like, he is kind of the worst. Yeah. Like, if I was Knive, Knives Chow's. Right. She's dad, like the best character. <laughs> Scott would die. Yeah. Like, and which is actually in the book is super feasible because Knives' dad is a ninja or something. So oh, dang. Nice. That's cool. That's cool. Well, you know, I, I say all this, but yeah, I, I recognize that's kind of the point. Is that's the yeah. point of the of the whole story is Scott has to come to the realization, like, oh no, I'm the problem. <laughs> so yeah. I get it. Like I'm I'm not. It it's just different, you know, whereas uh, but it's but it's it's a fun movie. It's it's fun. So. It's got a great soundtrack. Always dude. a good time. Like yeah, soundtrack is so much fun. Well, yeah, just all the visual gags and the and the audio stuff. You know, video games and all that stuff. So many references in there. Mario and Zelda sounds and you know Final Fantasy stuff and so I'm it's a good trying time. to check myself on this, but I think aren't they making like a animated version of it too? I, is it? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that is what it is because it's like a, a series. It's animated, and and they've and they announced that like they're getting the cast from the movie yeah. to do it. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to be like a little more true to the 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 graphic novels. I'm, I'm sure it will be because like they're weird. Like I mean, Scott <laughs> Pilgrim versus the World is kind of weird, but like the graphic novels are weirder. Um, gotcha. So. I read them a long time ago. And I remember mm. like the first book is because I've seen the movie first. And the first book okay. is like the movie took that first book and that's the entire third of the movie, like beat for beat. And then mm. after that, it completely diverges off into its own very different, weird territory. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah. last last thing I'll say though is uh I think his roommate is the funniest character in the whole movie. It's <laughs> oh. just about everything he says was is hilarious. That Karen McCulkin? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. is. He, he was is, uh, really funny. Cuz he's just yeah, he's just like antagonizing everyone. Um anyways. Anyways, fun movie, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh that one I can recommend. Even if it again, it hits a little different nowadays. Uh, but yeah. in terms of games that I've been playing, I have been playing Tears of the Kingdom. I have yes. not beaten it, but That's I've okay. I've taken down. Uh, I was talking to my sister who just rolled credits on it literally yeah. earlier this evening, and I was like, yeah. "I've beaten all the temples," and she was like, "Oh, sweet! So all five of them?" And I was like, "Oh, uh. I didn't know there were five. <laughs> so, so no, um, I have beaten the first four temples." <laughs> Um, and that's where I'm at in the game. Um, so it it feels like it's winding down, but it seems like there's a bit more to it than, uh, than I know. So uh, we'll see real real quick. My friend, Jake Martin, um, bit blog. He, uh, Mm -hmm. I think he told the story of like, he told his wife, like, all right, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to beat Zelda tonight. 
And two hours mm-hmm. later, he comes back out. I was like, I'm, I'm not done yet. <laughs> so I'm nowhere close. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how it feels. That's how it feels. But I'm um, still digging it, doing all kinds of stuff around the world, um, the upgrading my armor now because I hadn't done that. Um, so that's fun. Um, I did, I mentioned on the previous episode that I started playing Mega Man X. So I finished that up. One of my favorite games of all time. I'm taking the replay this year uh, because it was just a great time. That last level was harder than I remembered it, but uh, but still overcame. It was still a great time. Um, and then finally, so there's a game. I don't, I don't know if anyone's heard of it. It's kind of niche, but... Uh, is a game that came out last year. I think it got a little bit of praise. Um, it's called like Elden Ring, something oh, I've heard like of that. that one. You know? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. I've cool. Heard of that one. So you know, it's you know a, what it is. That was kind of like a smaller like project, right? That yeah, was, was yeah. Like, they got indie. like some writer that had written some like fantasy books or something okay. to work on it. It was weird. Um, yeah. yeah, but anyway, someone, one of our patrons wanted us to play it. He hasn't even finished his books though, right? If he, I remember right. He hasn't, he's like got right. like some series and he hasn't finished them. I heard it's he mostly because he's a like no movies. talent hack. Okay. Um, there you go. Well, that's, he's that's making a video game. So uh, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways, we do, we have a patron who had recommended it to us, although he was very gracious in saying, that, hey, I, I recognize it's a big game. You don't have to do it this year. You could even do it next year if you want to. I was like, I, I, it's already kind of up my wheelhouse. But not only that, jo- I visited. Josh just needed a reason. I just need, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. I just needed a reason. And so I was already like, okay, I'm going to look for some sales. I'm going to, you know, kind of test the waters. On top of that, I went and visited some friends a few hours away. And a good friend of mine, um, like the whole time I was staying with him, he was talking about this game and, and mm. he showed me some of it and he's been playing it and, and it showed me a bunch. He's like, so you should totally get it. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is the time. And it went on sale at GameStop. So I picked up Elden Ring. Um, and at this point I've put about a dozen hours into it. Now you say, Josh, you're playing Tears of the Kingdom. How, how are you playing Tears of the Kingdom and Elden Ring at the same time? Very poorly. Okay. I'll say very poorly. <laughs> it's not a smart choice to huge open world games. Um, but there you go. I'm not a smart person. Um, the hype train, it got me. But uh, it is quite milk, good. Milk was a poor choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Are you stuck in a glass cage of emotion? <laughs> Feelings. Um, so, th- yeah. So I'm about a dozen hours into it already. Um, and I will just say that it starts off and it feels like a Dark Souls game. Um, just kind of like another Dark Souls game, which I love Dark Souls games. So like, it feels good, but it feels kind of, you know, oh, I've done this before. Um, but the more that you play, the more that you realize all the things that they've added into this game, uh, different customizability options, all kinds of different items all kinds of stuff that makes it feel like there's more on top of that. There's this open world. So you can literally just go and explore and find all kinds of crazy bosses and items. And, and that, that kind of adds on, Oh, this item does, these are what talismans do. And this is what these ashes of war do. And this is what happens if you two hand a weapon, just all this crazy stuff on top of it. So um, yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. But we'll uh, see. It'd probably be easier to play one at a time so you can use both hands on the controller. 
Yeah, it would be, you know, but uh, you would I think that I guess. just gotta. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is a good recommendation. Two handing the video game uh, is probably <laughs> is probably a good idea. Um, get some get some stat boosts there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I have been playing. Um, I did because I took the replay for Mega Man X this year. I did in terms of my backlog score. It got me another minus one. So I'm currently sitting at minus six for the year. But that that's my report. What do you have to report on, Nate? You're the worst. That, yeah. That's already been established. I don't know why you keep bringing yeah. it up. I just need to remind you from time to time. <laughs> um, all right. Let me sort of pull up my thing here. So as far as books go, uh, sort of inspired by something you mentioned, I actually went and listened to R.C. Sproul A Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like, I knew some of it and there was other parts yeah. that like kind of that there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know as well. Okay. Um, like, you know, you mentioned Chuck Colson. I don't know if you remember in the book, there's like, there was actually like a little bit of a falling out between RC and Chuck Colson. Hmm. Um, was that Colson or Swindoll? I think you're thinking of Swindoll. Was it Swindoll? I thought it was the EFCA guy. Okay. I thought, yeah. Yeah, maybe I yeah, need to go anyways, back and listen to but, it. But. but Chuck Colson, yeah. Anyways, but yeah. Chuck Colson was like super involved in like the, the religious right kind of movement stuff. Mm. Uh, and I, anyways, but yeah. So I listened to the R.C. Sproul Life book. It's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, and I think the one sort of like criticism that I would level at it is that I think uh, Nichols is is an R.C. Sproul fanboy, and I am too. Yeah. And so it's like he kind of, I don't know. It... I don't need like previous saints' lives to be besmirched, but like even the no. way that like Nichols wrote about him was like kind of like it was almost like sort of like RC could do no wrong. Okay, um, yeah, and that is like always Fair. a little bit like, and I'm a like I said, I am an RC Sproul fanboy. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I hold the opinion that he was like I think like sort of a modern day. He, I don't know if he, but I, I think like, you know, sort of when you look in the, the pantheon of like people who have shaped the church um, and like real, real lions of the faith kind of thing, uh, he's up there. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe not like, I, I, I feels like a little bit of a hyperbolic statement, but he feels like a modern day Luther in a lot of ways. Hmm. Okay. Um, maybe not as, um, but just kind of like he was. He was a gifted teacher and and, and preacher. Um, he was a popularizer, and I just mm-hmm. there there was something like there's just something that uh, yeah I just he was a unique talent that I don't think that uh, the church will see for you know at least the Western church will see for quite some time again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like 
And again, it, it feels kind of weird to put him in the same sphere as Luther. And I probably don't do that, but I'm like, he he's up there. He's not like Calvin or really, he's not like his contribution isn't like sort of on, on the level of Luther or Calvin, but it's like, yeah, he's, he's like, you know, he's like the one guy in within like the last, like 50 years that I'm like, is worth reading and reading consistently. <laughs> um, so there's that. And, and yeah. Anyways, um, so I, I did read that. I did end up finishing that book, uh, Work a Deep History from yeah. the Stone Age to the Age of Robots. Uh, I mean, it kind of landed where I thought it would. It it it's sort of there's some really interesting ideas. It points out a lot of things like sort of like, you know, uh, and I don't know if if I touched on this in our it talks a lot about how like within the last like 50 to 60 years you know, when it, when it talks about like that part of like the wage gap has like that, there was a time when the American labor and industry, like were sort of growing together as far as like profit. And like, hmm. so it's like when companies were making more money, um, like laborers were making more money as well. Um, and it's like, and then there was like this sort of like with the push, towards efficiency sort of being like the highest goal in production. Um, a lot of that is like, you're trying to basically like, you know, extract as much, you're like you're, you're basically like the, the need to extract more and more profit comes at a cost. Hmm. And so that like within the last 50 to 60 years where it's like, you know, and, and I'm just kind of like, like where as a, like a, a CEO position, like 60 years ago, you might make, you might make 30 times what your, or like 10 times what your employees made. Um, now it's like the baseline is like 30 times what someone hmm. in your, like with sometimes being like a hundred to 300 times um, that the, and so it's just sort of interesting sort of economic sort like, analysis um yeah. in the sense that just in like like listen it's like the this is this is what the numbers sort of present so that's been there but it it also just talks about how like even um sort of what was really interesting and now there's kind of a presupposition in here too in the sense that uh they sort of talked about how like the industrial revolution wasn't like the actual first like major technological revolution in, in, in labor reform. Hmm. It was actually slavery. Slavery was hmm. sort of a, a labor revolution in a lot of ways. And hmm. when you started, um, when cultures, especially in chattel slavery, um, you know, that was actually sort of like, like, and then the industrial revolution comes and engines start replacing human labor. And it's sort of similarly, like we're coming to like a, like, and there's like, you know, you, you introduce, and I'm not trying to say like slavery was a tool, but what he's saying is like, there's actually been this like systemic sort of like progression historically where like people find other things to do the work. Um, hmm. And like, so even now with a lot of like the automation and robotics and everything else, um, it's just sort of an interesting, there, there's a lots of interesting things in there. There's lots of I, you know, ideas about sort of work um, and labor that I think are pretty interesting. Hmm. Uh, and again, it, he's coming from a materialist sort of perspective. Like it's at, at best, like he's a humanist, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
So it's there's there's a lot of stuff there that you can kind of discount, but there's also like a lot of really interesting data, and th- there's a few like pretty interesting ideas that he sort of like you know presents. So it's if if you're into work and efficiency and labor, kind of like the way that I am sometimes. Uh, there you go, big work it's, guy. Yeah, I. I <laughs> Yeah, I, I like. Anyways, so um, it was interesting. That I mean, that's yeah. like it gave me some mm-hmm. things to chew on. Um, but then, uh, as far as watching, and I don't watch a ton, but I am a sucker for like. I tend to sort of like. I'm a man of sort of like I have the things that I like. I'm very much like a brand loyalist, right? And mm-hmm. so, uh, Gen- Gendy Tartakovsky. Um, He's an animator. He did Samurai Jack is probably like the biggest okay. one of his big, but he also did like, uh, I think he did the design for Powerpuff Girls. There's a, a series Primal that he did. Um, he had the Clone I think Wars. He, yeah. He's he, like, he's like a lot of the Cartoon Network stuff from, he was, had his fingers in a lot. Of, I think Dexter's Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Clone Wars, he was involved in that. Uh, like he did like the character design. He's got like just he's just a really um prolific animator. Um and he's got a new project out uh, called Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Um and it's weird. And it's kind <laughs> of like this steampunk. It's I ended up <laughs> accidentally buying it on Amazon. Cause what I really <laughs> wanted to do is I just wanted to get like a trial subscription. And then I was looking at thing and I was like, Oh, this thing's cheaper. And they like, it was like, also I'm kind of sleep deprived. So I don't always know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so Megan was like, how did you spend, how did you buy this accidentally? And I'm like, listen, I just don't know what's going on sometimes. And it's like, <laughs> I see a thing and I'm like, I want to watch this. And I'm like, I'm going to, watch this and then it's like i think i'm signing up for a free trial but then i go for the cheap for or yeah whatever anyway so yeah ended up getting it on amazon um prime and ended up watching it and it's it's weird and it's super stylish um the thing is in this one he sort of is emulating or sort of paying homage to like uh asama tezuka uh Ah. who was the father of anime and so the design borrows like the the design kind of reminds me a lot of sort of like Astro Boy and um, okay. a lot of that really like again that sort of I think it's Osama Tezuka is how mm-hmm. anyways I could look it up but I won't because um, I've already spent entire, but it's it's really cool um, it's it's kind of weird and I just I like his stuff and I had a I it kind of feels like there's going to be more of it but right now there's only one season and it's a it's it is this bizarre steampunky high fantasy weirdness and i love it and uh it's just really stylish and kind of like fun i would not have gotten that from the title (laughs) unicorn warriors eternal like i mean first off that sounds like like a brony like fan fiction (laughs) what it sounds like but i would never have guessed like robot robot science fiction from that. Well, Next it's up, not probably even, it's been. not even like robot science. It's like steampunk. Okay. It's like Steam- clockwork. Yeah. Okay. Like, hmm. um. Anyways, it's yeah. it's cool. And, yeah, that uh, sounds cool. 
That sounds cool. It's uh, I hope it's not done because it seems like they, they finished a storyline, but I really hope there's like more. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so there's that. And then sort of going on. So that's like, I watched that. I did watch uh, the, the new Spider-Man movie with my nephew and that was okay. awesome. Nice. Okay. That Sweet. was, that movie is so freaking rad. And those, those people are wizards. That's all I'm saying. Like that mm-hmm. studio, they, I'm pretty sure there's like magic involved or something <laughs> like I'm, I'm kind of conflicted Possibly because it's drugs. like, there's nothing, there's probably a lot of drugs involved. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, it, it's just like, I feel conflicted because I'm like, this should not be as good as it is. And it is quite simply one of the most amazing pieces of animation I've ever clapped eyes on. Mm. Um, and it's, it's really cool. Like the, there's, there's so much like, just like shots in that movie too, where it's like the, like I want, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for it to be on like Blu-ray so I can get it and I can just watch it and sort of just admire some of the shots because the mm-hmm. composition mm-hmm. on some of these shots is just like, there's stuff where I'm just like, oh, this is just masterful. Um, anyways, nice. so yeah, sweet. The, I'm not telling anybody. Anybody who's seen the new Spider-Man already knows that that game is awesome sauce. Um, as far as games, so. Snap and Destiny 2 sort of uh, Destiny 2 has actually taken a bit of a like it's actually sort of I've been playing a, a good bit more of it lately uh-huh. um, so yeah getting a getting a little like crazy with it I just uh, yeah. I was like but it's just I haven't too done, good it's it's too good it's it's like I was destined hmm. to return hmm. to it um, yeah. Snap is Snap is Snap uh, if anybody's interested and uh, if you're a patron over at TRG, Logan and I did a talk TRG episode. There was a bit of a snapshot where we talk about huh. the current meta. Uh, the TLDR on that is uh, I simultaneously find the meta to be in the healthiest place that it has been, like in the most diverse place that has been in the entirety, in the, like the, since public release. I also think their monetization blows. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're getting like card acquisition and monetization needs some serious work, but you want to hear all the details? Go, uh, go check that out. Um, so I haven't touched that dragon cancer again. Okay. Just because like, it's kind of like one of those things where I want to sit down on it. I've got like a bunch of really like smaller burn stuff. Uh, there's a game called, uh, the light and the darkness, that okay. I think is available on PS5. It might be available on Xbox as well. I think it's a. Mm. It's like it was free. It's by this the dude. Um, he I think he did a game called The Plague Road or something like that. It's got like a really kind of weird art style. Um, he's like, he's French. He's also Jewish, um, and so it's about like the the uh, huh. being. So this game in particular, and like I said, it's free. It's a short little sort of like burn, but it's about uh, Jews in France during the Nazi occupation kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So I'm also trying to touch, but like that between that and uh, that dragon cancer, it's kind of like, this is kind of heavy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. 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 Like this. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
I did forget to write, put that in my notes, but yeah, I am sort of messing around with that. So th- I have not beaten anything. Um, so no change. I'm still positive too. And that's why mm. you suck, Josh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, another, another reason that I suck, maybe this will help me suck a little bit less, um, is that you were completely right. It was Chuck Colson when I mentioned earlier, Swindoll. I was confused. It was Colson that was friends ah! with was falling out. Totally right about that one. You made and, you were gaslighting me, trying to make I, me think I was wow. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a terrible co co host. Well, speaking of things that aren't terrible, let's, hey. let's go to things that are not terrible. Let's talk about. Um, we mentioned the backlog beatdown. Well, did we? We mentioned our scores, but our we scores, didn't mention yeah. it. The backlog beatdown is not terrible, and that's the if you're not aware of it, it's a year long meta that we run. Um, you know, I don't, Mark, you don't participate, do you? I don't. I think mm, it's okay. Yeah. I won't hold it against you. Josh might, but I won't. I think it'd actually um, be bad for me. I think I would, yeah, get too into it in a way that <laughs> would, like, I think it'd become like a part time job for me and kind of, yeah. So, but that's no, honestly how it was the first year we did it, which was like, we were like, this thing needs to be scaled back. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but no, no, it's a it's a meta that we run, where you know, and and sort of, we we score like for games that we beat, we take negative points, and for games that we acquire, we take positive points. And it's kind of there's all sorts of rules. It's fairly streamlined, fairly elegant at this point in time. Thanks in a fairly large part to our friend Jono, mm-hmm. uh, Spark for you know just being the heck of a guy that he is. But uh, that being said. The official app of the Backlog Beatdown is the GG app. And if you're saying, Nate, what's the GG app? Because if you've never heard me rip off this spiel before, it's a letterbox style app for your game collection. You can create custom lists. You can re- review games. You can see what your friends are playing, what they've beaten. Uh, there's all sorts of features there um, that are sort of built in. He uh, recently, Charles Watson, He's a friend of the show. We've known him for years, and this mm-hmm. is his thing. So full disclosure, it's not like we don't have a dog in this fight. We, we're actually actively rooting for Charles here. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- th- there is that. Take that with a grain yeah. of salt. But, Chuck uh, Watson we, did not get into a falling out with R.C. Sproul. <laughs> no, Chuck Watson did not. Uh, old Chuck, Chuckle Dubs. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, wow, that that's a bit of a throwback. I hope he never hears me say that. Um, but uh, anyways, it's a it's a really neat little app. We like what he's doing over there. Yeah. And uh, there's a free version that you can check out. But in addition to the free version that he has a premium offering called the Elite Tier. And for five bucks a month or 50 bucks a year, you can get early access to that. Uh, like a feature that just was sort of released, I think, excuse me, to the main feed is uh, he he did some tweaking and instead of the want to play categorization, now you have wish list and you have backlog, uh, which will require, uh, much to uh, some people's chagrin, it will require, and my, myself included, you have to go back and sort of like change everything from want to play to backlog and sort of, it's a, but he's sort mm-hmm. of shifting gears a little bit, but that feature was available to elite members for months um and so you know elite tier members get early access to new builds and things like that they can sort of beta test stuff for them and they have a little more access to charles uh through a special role in his discord uh server so 
go check that out. We really like it, and uh, we think it's worth your time and your money. Uh, and other things that are worth your time and maybe your money, it's this podcast. So if you're listening to this already, you obviously agree with us in one capacity. I mean, well, maybe you don't, but it's you're, you're giving us your time, mm. right? So something to think about if you've already done the rating and the review. And the reviewing. And if you haven't done that, please, whatever podcatcher you listen to us on, do that. Like, give us five stars. Give us two stars. Five stars is better. We like five stars more. We'd probably like you more if we knew about the five stars too. But leave us a rating and a review, and um, and you know, and tell people about us because sharing is caring. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you've done those things and you're like, you know what, I need to go above and beyond. This is the lowest pressure pitch ever. We have a Patreon. You can give us some money if you really, really want to. Think of it a tip jar as a tip jar with benefits, right? Um, and some of the benefits are like one, we will call you a brochacho. Um, mm -hmm. You get a special role in our Discord, and you the get greatest early perk, actually. What's that? That's the greatest perk, actually. Yeah, you, we managed to uh, really sort of like weed out the riffraff. Um, I didn't say that out loud. Josh, edit that out in post. Oh no! But if you're if you're um, a patron, uh, you you get early and uncut access to every episode. So the things that Josh edited out in post, well, he doesn't do that for them. Uh, they also get nope. access to a, a video uh, version of the podcast. So if you want to watch us on YouTube. You, you did. You did. Jeez, I can't talk. This is you terrible. Did. <laughs> you, you, you did. Uh, no, you're a dip. You did. Did. I'm on you did. <laughs> I'm oh watching backlog breakdown. Watching oh, I'm did. watching the. Ma! Ma! Get clean and stop squealing. Oh, jeepers. <laughs> jeepers cats here. But you can watch us on YouTube if if your little heart desires. In addition to that, each and every patron has the opportunity to nominate a game or a topic for us to talk about. And they can come on that episode and hang out with us. Uh, so there's that. Mark, you are a patron. I am. Is there anything yes. that I am missing? Or that, did I miss any of the patron perks? I don't think so. I don't. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Cool, excellent, and and that and we just like people who give us money more. Oh, did you mention the bro hang? Did I miss that? Or? Uh, well, the the exclusive. There is an exclusive uh, podcast. Yes, yeah, so mm, uh, where you, you get a little bit more of the stream of consciousness. It's a little more conversational, conversational, and a little uncensored. Um, I have, but to, to be perfectly honest, like I was usually the spicy one and I would say some things that were <laughs> not always, uh, pleasant or friendly. Um, but I have been actively trying to not be that controversial lately. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's that. If you want to hear me act like a total horses behind sometimes now well, you can, you pay us enough money and we'll let you do that um i mean besides <laughs> which is literally I, a dollar which is literally a dollar that's enough money. um well but uh in addition to that and you know as i am want to say uh lastly but not leastly we are alongside our friends paul the techno funk boy paul the artist currently known as the techno funk boy lytle and wesley the henshin dad himself, Ray. Uh, we are members of the Playwell Network. We're ponies. 
Josh. <laughs> don't like that one. He doesn't like that. That's for all the garbage that you put me through. <laughs> uh, all the the verbal abuse with your bad puns. But we're we're part of the Play Well Network alongside those two. We really like those guys. We like the content they make. Paul tends to make a lot of actual play podcasts. Uh, he does have some older uh, retro-based stuff. He's got the Retro Zoo Super Show and the Retro Station. In addition to, well, Dyson Drury isn't, but it's kind of cool and he's on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the newest one is the Thorns of War. It is a Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. No. Dragonlance Dragon podcast. Lance. Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance, whatever. Shoot me in the face. Too many dragon lances and dungeons and dragons. Paul, it's just I it's <laughs> too many dungeons in these dragons. Too in many these dragons in these dungeons. There's too many mother flipping dragons in these mother flipping dungeons. <laughs> oh man. Um and then Wes, uh, he does I I one day I might get it right. I don't, I don't know, but Wes, and on the other hand, he does uh, the retronym, um, which you know that's you can totally tell because his name is not retronym Wes; it's uh, the Henshin Dad because he also has that podcast. So the Henshin Dad podcast is a podcast all about Tokusatsu, which is basically uh, you like Power Rangers, you like Ultraman, you like um, what's it, Common Rider. Those are all Kamen Rider. Mm-hmm. Tokusatsu. And it's kind of awesome. Ultraman's my favorite because it's basically dudes in rubber suits throwing mm-hmm. other dudes in rubber suits uh, through paper mache cities, which I just, there are so many levels to my admiration there. Um, so <laughs> they, it just, it gets me, it gets me it's on all times. the levels. But then, like I said, I mentioned Retronym, right? And Retronym is a sort of nostalgia video game podcast thing. But he also, you know, like, you know, he gets all like ruthless and he tears the, the, uh, the, he does a tier list of the different Pokemons. Some Pokemons deserve to mm-hmm. be, uh, to die in fires, apparently. Um, y- you know, mm-hmm. and then, uh, yeah, he does all sorts of neat stuff with that one. So we like these guys. We like their stuff. And, uh, even though I kind of sound like a raving lunatic, I still think you should check it out. So with all that being said, here's a word from one of them. Do you think that this is like a really close-up shot of two small crabs? Or were those really big crabs? How do you know they're even real? They're imaginary crabs. Jimbleton, please tell me we can go look for imaginary crabs. Can we? How would you look for something that's imaginary? Oh, that's the best thing to look for. War has come to Crane. A war building for centuries as dragons and gods drift into myth and legend. This is the war that will bring an end to it all, or restore what was lost for good. Dragonlance, The Thorns of War, is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Available everywhere in May. Subscribe today. And we're back. Uh, there was only a slight detour. Mm-hmm. Um, we we had to talk about Hot Rod. Mm-hmm. And, As one and, does. Yeah. Uh, we, we all, we, uh, we, we established our mutual admiration and affection for that, that piece of high quality cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mark, it, you know, this does lead me to, to ask a question. How do you feel about Nacho Libre? Also a good one. 
Uh, it's not as like near and dear to my heart. I didn't mm. watch it till kind of later in life, but I appreciate it for what it is. Mm. Yeah. The Lord's uh, chips is a, is a high quality <laughs> piece of that movie. Broken him. So the the interesting thing about that movie too, uh, you know, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it has like a 40%. Like it's, it's actually pretty low, but everyone I know who's seen it, like loves it. Um, And if you don't like it, that's totally fine. I understand that as well. But I think one of the reasons that it, a lot of people, don't um, don't like the movie very much is because it, it almost takes a certain set of criteria in order to properly review a movie like that. If you go in expecting like a big budget blockbuster movie, then that's not what you're going to get from Nacho Libre. You're going to get something that feels more like an indie comedy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you get when you're taking a look at movies, you know, with big budgets and uh, and small wow. budgets, uh, but today we're not talking about movies. We're actually talking about video games, both those with huge AAA budgets and those made by smaller teams with <laughs> a smaller scope. Um, you know what, Josh? I wasn't sure where you're going there. I thought this was going to be just like another like pointless story, like my story about the water filter. <laughs> um, but no, you actually were going somewhere with it, and, mm-hmm. and I think Mark and I, you know, both like offer you a little bit of a golf clap here. Golf clap. Mm-hmm. golf clap. I like that. I like the golf claps. Um, so, but today we are talking about just the differences. Of, of different types of games. And really, uh, man, I wish I, I had um, a, better, a better focus for this episode. But really, I mean, what it boils down to is, is the merits of both AAA games and indie games. Um, one thing, it comes from a number of different places. One is conversation that I had with you, Mark, on your mm-hmm. podcast. I recommend, in fact, I'm going to have a link for that in the show notes. Go listen to that. Um, because And, and, and also... That's kind of the differences in our podcasts too, right? <laughs> Is that you are very focused because you only have 11 and a half minutes to talk about right. video games. So you keep it very focused, which is fantastic. And we kind of just go all over the place and throw <laughs> ideas up against the wall, uh, which I wouldn't exactly call AAA. But, you know, it's big and bloated versus your very um, short form and, and focused. Um, but which still is very. Actually, probably more. Uh, takes more, more skill analogous to the uh uh the hollywood comparison there's a mm. lot of hollywood garbage that's just big and bloated <laughs> yeah yeah there well don't go. don't do y'all, yourselves a disservice i enjoy your podcast oh we're, we're glad we're glad thank you um, glad. yeah glad you enjoy the bloat um but that said does this it, make me look bloated? <laughs> Does this game me? I like that. Maybe that'll be the title of the episode. Does this um, side quest make me look bloated? Hey. Ooh, I like that. Man, oh man. That's, that's it, I think stuff. that's the, the title of the episode right there. <laughs> there you go. Um so so there was that, there was that, but there was also when we took a look at our top one hundred list, we do have a lot of games on there that are more um shorter experiences that are more kind of um, aiming for something different and unique that comes from a smaller studio. You know, some mm-hmm. the things like Journey, you know? Yeah. Um, that's not trying to be 
everything, like the way that AAA games are nowadays. So as we start off this conversation, I just want to ask, do you personally have a preference for big AAA games or for smaller, I I say indie Hmm. games, but really it's just more smaller games in general. Do you have a preference? And if so, why? I think at this point in my life, I think I would steer more towards indie games. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that's where the more interesting stuff is happening, which is like not at all. Like I don't, like we're going to talk about the merits of AAA stuff, but I think there's right. there's more risks being taken. There's more, there are new ideas that may or may not land. Uh, to be mm-hmm. honest, yep. Um, but I'm always like curious about like 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 we've talked on um, my podcast where mm-hmm. the whole point of uh, the point of that episode was to talk about games made by like one or a few people, right? And so oftentimes right. indie games, as you had mentioned, like has a very singular vision and there's definitely mm-hmm. an, um, there's an idea and it's kind of one or a few people really delivering that idea to varying degrees of success. Like there are plenty of small indie games that are not worth your time. Um, right. But I think there's plenty that, yeah, it just, it's a new, uh, something new is being attempted and mm-hmm. because they have that leeway. Um, so I'm always like craving for something that's like fresh and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Nate, what about you? What are your I mean, thoughts? I kind of, <clears throat> I, there's a part of me that very much sort of like would agree with Mark, but what I have noticed is that lately, like I kind of want like the big triple a spectacle mm-hmm. um, lately. Um, some of my favorite games like hollow Knight is it, that's an indie game. Yeah. I love that game. And, uh, you know, but there's something like, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've been playing lately, like Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Destiny 2, Diablo yep. 4. These are all like yep. big, just like massive blowouts. Yeah. Final Fantasy 16 is Final Fantasy 16 is sort of on my radar. Okay. And it's like, there's a part of me that, and I would even sort of like say like, you know, like we, both of you have been playing Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. That is like, if that's not AAA, I mm-hmm. don't know kind <laughs> yeah. of like what is. Yeah. Sure. Um, because yeah. there, there is like sort of, uh, I think a bit of a, it almost feels like AAA is almost more of like a budget kind of descriptor. Right. Like this is a game right. that probably costs, you know, like what, what's kind of interesting is sort of all the stuff that came out, like the, a lot of the, the ABK uh, Xbox. Oh, sure. Yeah. stuff mm-hmm. and it's like we we found out that uh and i think i it didn't it really wasn't that surprising to me but like the last of us cost like 212 million dollars or something like that mm-hmm. to make it and it was like i i don't think like to me i was like that that seems about right um mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah. and and a lot of times like we don't know the budgets but I think like the thing is like each one of these these designations, right, actually has a pretty broad uh, spectrum, and it's yeah. it's part of the problem in this conversation is saying like, okay, this is like what indie is, mm-hmm. and this is what AAA is, and yeah. so I think there are two like really big like def- points of definition. I think one is team size. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
like but there are smaller triple a efforts as well like smaller team triple a efforts but i think primarily one of the biggest thing is team size like a triple a title usually has several dozen people working on it at the very least yeah at the least moving up into like possibly hundreds right um whereas indie teams it's like what you guys talked about on an 11 and a half minutes was like we're talking like maybe five people like on some of these these smaller indie teams like i think about like moon studios right and i think that's Mm -hmm. less than i think the the first uh uh it's right there on the 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 name of the game is right there uh i think of ori ori yes yeah yeah i think it was like less than 10 people did the entirety of that game wow Mm -hmm. um so very small studio probably didn't have a massive budget, but it still oozes quality, you know, right. Cause like that's, that's right. the thing. Like it's not, these aren't indications of quality because there are mm-hmm. a lot of like triple a games that kind of come out and they go just kind of like giant wet fart, fart noises, like Redfall. <laughs> I'm not trying to be yeah. like yeah. petty here, but like that was a pretty big deal coming out of a big studio and it just, landed very unpleasantly um yeah i don't think so but i also think like the other thing is primarily budget Mm -hmm. um a lot of like these indie programs and i think you guys mentioned uh stardew valley mark and the the concern is it concerned ape yeah said that the developer um and it's that story in blood sweat and pixels yeah and just like this guy I think his girlfriend supported him. Like the the yeah. story mm-hmm. for how that that got made was just like just wild, and it turned into this thing that just. And now he's like a multimillionaire, um, right? Yeah, which is like, hey, cool. Like you you made a cool thing, and um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad to see you sort of like get your your day, you know, your payday here. But right, yeah. it's it's just interesting. Um, yeah, again. Sort of like just because that's that's been one of the biggest problems. And so like I think it's like one of those things too. It's like a lot of times you can just look at a game and say, okay, like this is like more of an indie vibe. This is more triple A. Like you look at God of War 2018 and God of War Ragnarok, triple A. Look at Spider-Man, triple A. Ghost of Tsushima, triple A. Last of Us Parts 1 and 2, triple A. Tears of the Kingdom, triple A. Yeah. Starfield is going to be triple A. You know, mm-hmm. it's like there's just kind of like Halo, typically triple a you know it's like yeah and so i think the the designation has always been a little tricky but i think kind of the the thing is like whereas like the thing that's you know what you said mark is like with a smaller team what's really kind of like cool is like like thinking about hollow knight there is like a very clear vision the whole way through that game Mm-hmm. And there's like, because it's a smaller team, it's like three people. There's a very sort of like, the direction feels very tight. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, so I'm playing Destiny 2 right now and Diablo 4 and stuff like that, where I think the, the maybe the direction, like with Destiny 2 especially, like direction, I'm like... <laughs> Like, I'm I'm not sure this thing's going anywhere. I'm having a great time. <laughs> well, I'm do- and it, some of that is is it is kind of like inherent to the games as a service medium, kind of that mm-hmm. it, sure. it's part of. But I think like, but it's just like 
quality and like the just like it's it's one of those things where there's so many like little touches mm-hmm. and just like the the fidelity and everything else where it's like you know it's like my guns look awesome like the <laughs> mm. the the ray tracing is really cool like the guns feel really good the gameplay loop feels really good like you you know it's like God of War Ragnarok like you're you're going through the those environments and they're gorgeous and they're flawless yeah. and the, like the world is just like like just by the very nature of like the way that it's built and like it's really compelling and that's the work of hundreds of people perhaps yeah yeah and so there's like a there's a it's sort of like that's where like i think like you want the spectacle you want the larger than life kind of stuff that's where i think triple a as a general rule really excels yeah yeah i would kind of thinking back on my comments too that helped me realize as well that there's like when I say that the indie stuff is the like the ones trying new things, like it's still the AAA games are still really pushing the medium forward too, but kind right. of in more like tried and true ways, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's it's there's less risk you can take, but you're still right. making it that much prettier or making things run that that much better or like combining all these elements into this certain mix for the first time. Like mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom doesn't really do anything in particular new, but it's like the first time we've had this mix of elements in this way mm-hmm. and done well, um, which sometimes that mix doesn't mix well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I think something that, that sticks out to me when you're talking about taking risks is that sometimes there are... Um, I mean, there are AAA games, but even series where it feels like it's been focus grouped, you know, like mm-hmm. there are elements added into this game. Like, like for instance, RPG elements that it's like, why is this even here? It just, it, because it latches on to a certain thing in your brain that's like, oh, number went higher. Okay. I feel accomplished <laughs> when the number goes higher. Listen, um, I like I get when that. numbers get better. I understand that. You, yeah. you, back off sir <laughs> well that that's what it is though and so it needs to be in there like that that's kind of a prerequisite set down from on high of the you know the, even the publisher or something like that that these elements need to be in here you know you need to have your little match three game or you need to do these these other things or whatever um that frankly get boring um when you see them over and over and over again um, mm. Or you, or you look behind the curtain, and you're just like, "Oh, this is only here so that it can hook me." You know, this is right. only here so that I could waste my time on this kind of a thing. Um, and and then we also mentioned the the, uh, and, and this is me being negative, but I'll I'll come back around. Um, we mentioned, you know, even in a self deprecating way about this podcast, but but we mentioned the idea of bloat, and I think that's actually something. I think that is the thing about AAA experiences that I have the hardest time with. Um, whereas, th- frankly, when I was younger, like, no, I want I want a game to give me as much game as possible um, because yeah. I didn't have as many games. So if I had a game, like, I want to keep you know get get into it and and you know even if it's like a boring section or whatever i'll still play it um whereas nowadays um i, I from all i've heard about final fantasy 16 is that it's a great game but that um the side 
quests are severely lacking. And something like that, like that is a major damper for me of like, oh, well, like why is, I would rather a game not have content that feels um, like it's just here so that you'll play the game longer mm-hmm. than, I, I would rather just cut it if that's all it's there for. Like if, if, if it brings something to the narrative, if it brings something to the overall um, package, you get, you get something special out of it. But if it's just blah, if it's just bland, a bland side quest, I'd rather just not do it. Like, no, I, you know, shut down that completion as part of my brain and just be like, forget it. Like, I'm not even going to mess with that. Um, and I think of some, I mentioned series. I think of something like Assassin's Creed, which mm-hmm. again, for all intents and purposes, I've heard they're all good games. So I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not putting it down as, you know, every single game down. If you like those games, awesome. But I also recognize like there's a point at which it, it's just too much and what they give you is not all top quality stuff. So, mm. so when I when I feel as though I would answer this question, oh, I prefer the shorter experiences that that give me, like you said, Mark, these newer things, or at least something that that yeah, it feels a bit more unique, or it mm. feels um, different in some way, or it or it just it's very poignant in what it's trying to do mm-hmm. just that with that focus there. Um, though that's what I'm thinking of is like the negative aspects of the big, huge open world game where most of the stuff you're doing in the world is just kind of eh, take it or leave it. It's, it's like, Oh, well then why even, why, why is this game even open world? If half the stuff in this world, it doesn't matter. And you're just going to play the linear path anyway. Um, that said, I am literally like currently playing two huge AAA open world <laughs> video games and I'm enjoying both of them a lot. Um, so there is a way to get away from that. And that also means I'm not as, as, um, as drawn to only indie games as like I initially thought. It's like, no, 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 there are, there are some very good, you know, Nate, you talked about the spectacle of AAA, um, and there's something about that. Even the storytelling, I think, um, can be with the elements that, that more AAA budgets bring to the table and writing can bring to the table. I think, um, you can tell stories. I mean, even, even some of my favorite stories in gaming, something like a Chrono Trigger or a Final Fantasy VI, like, you needed to have the budget for that. Now, granted, mm-hmm. this was a different time when development for those games was only a few years. <laughs> so um, I, I well, don't it's think... still only a few years. You know, mm-hmm. If by a few, you mean like five. D- or six. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, like even Tears was what, six, six or seven, something like that. And that's like yeah. reusing assets from a previous game. And, and again, I'm not saying... I love Tears, but... You also have to just admit, like, oh, like original Zelda. You could have made like five <laughs> original Zeldas, you know, in that amount of yeah. time as they make for games nowadays. Final Fantasy 16 is the same deal. I mean, they started on that right after 15 was released. Um, and you think of like the PlayStation era Final Fantasies, they were coming out every year. Uh, now, granted, they were slightly different teams. So I guess they would have yeah, like, they were two running year multiple cycles. teams on yeah. that and, and stuff like that. So I think that that's a that is a point though where and it's and again it's something that 
um, has sort of come out because of the ABK stuff. But like yeah. the, these games are becoming more and more expensive. Mm-hmm. But they're also like Sean Layton. Uh, he he was a, a a big wig over at PlayStation for a while, and so on his way out, he basically sort of like offered up a bit of a like, hey, uh, the way things are going now with these games, this is untenable. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, okay. they're co- they cost too much to make. Um, they take too long. And um, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where I think it, it was like sort of, and now we're, we're and, the, and this is like the stuff is like, he, he knew what The Last of Us cost. Mm-hmm. And you, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he was kind of like trying to tell people, and it's not to say that these companies aren't making money off of this, but it's like, right. it's one of the things it's like, you know, $200 million is, that's a lot of money. And that's <laughs> a lot, that's a lot of money, like for it to not like do well. And yeah. so it's like there, there is sort of a, 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 a an aspect to it where a lot of these things are like sort of playing safe. Like there's not a lot right. of like really exploratory AAA IP, you know. And and even yeah. to like you know say like you could say like oh Starfield's going to be like something new. And it's like is it really? Because I mean that's what Todd Howard and the people at Bethesda have been doing for years. There's just they're taking that 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 sort of that. And and again I'm I'm just like, but they're taking what they've been doing then they're just like putting it in a space skin now. And I'm like, that's cool. But it's like, this isn't new. Whereas like, you know, I think that that is the one thing that I do appreciate. Like, you know, Josh on our top 100 list, we talked about Katana zero Mm -hmm. and like something like weird and unique and sort of like that, that kind of like just like I'm gonna take a chance on this thing, like this weird mechanic, and like build out an entire sort of experience on it. That's not gonna happen in the AAA place. Now, what what yeah. AAA will do, and I think you know, and it's not to like knock Tears of the Kingdom, but Tears of the Kingdom right. probably like borrowed. You know, I think like the it's like you said, Mark. It's like it's sort of like and even Breath of the Wild in a lot of ways. Like what it did yeah. is it sort of looked around. So like all these kind of like neat things going on and all these and said like, hey, we can do that. And I think we can do that a little bit better. We can tweak it here and we can do this. And it's a bunch of like little things. Mm-hmm. And it's even, yeah. uh, you, you know, and so there's there's that. where, But it's like it's a lot safer than, you know, even the Zeldas of 10, 15 years ago. I mean, you think about like mm-hmm. the, the, the weird <laughs> stuff that they were doing, like with Twilight Princess, with Wind Waker, with... Majora's Mask. Some yeah. of those games were not like I'm. I'm sure they did fine because they're Zelda titles, <laughs> you mm. know. But it's like some of those were probably not nearly as successful. Whereas, like I said, and it's like even in just game design, I think this is one of the big problems is that AAA is like, and one of the biggest criticisms that I've seen leveled at Sony and and PlayStation is that like all the the PlayStation exclusives are starting to feel like they're third person action adventures. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. With like and it's kind of like okay so we've got one, you know, and I think they're in some ways it's not fair, but like Ghost of Tsushima is which is one of the most interesting ones in my opinion, third person action adventure. Now it's a basically mm-hmm. that it's like a perfect Ubisoft game. It's like mm-hmm. if you, you know, but it's still it's it's that formula. And yeah. so 
it's like that's kind of the problem is that where and and it's like you know and i think about like game design from like 20 30 40 years ago too like even in the playstation 2 like my like in the market that we're seeing sort of emerge now right games like shadow of the colossus would not happen because Hmm. at least not the way that it happened in the ps2 era Hmm. do you know what i'm saying like it would be sort of a smaller idea where you could sort of maybe explore some of those themes but they wouldn't get that like because when it released in the ps2 it was a big deal Mm -hmm. like you know and i think that's that's the thing is that like these these games because they cost so much and they take so long the money that they need and they, they need to recoup their investment and so it's like when you get like a god of war like or, or Ragnarok even that sell like tens, tens of millions of copies. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point in time, it's like, okay, like that's a recouping of th- they've made their money back and then some, but it's, it's a very kind of like difficult thing. And I think that's even sort of like, yeah. And, 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 you know, I think where sort of like the big question is like, when you're looking at like, I would not be surprised if, Starfield cost Bethesda games like 300 or 300 million dollars to make or more. And then that's, that's money that, you know, and again, it's not to like get too far down this rabbit hole, but it's like, that's money that like, where is Microsoft making that money back on that in, in game pass and things like that? Because you're not going to be selling copies of that game. I mean, you're going to sell some, right? but even by their own admission. So it's like, it's it. that's sort of the question is like, there's this weird sort of like economic bend to all of this. And I don't want to yeah. go down the like game pass doesn't make money road. I'm just saying like, these are like the, the questions and it's like, there's, there's something about this market where it's, we have to sort of like, at least be cognizant. Yeah. Like we have to be aware that this is sort of what's going on. Um, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's a great way to kind of sum up. I, I think that's a really poignant point as I'm trying to, to, you know, nail down, like, what are these things? What are these elements that I, you know, dislike about these different ways of making games? And I, I think you hit the nail on the head is that you can't take chances with a $200 million game. You can't. If, if you want to recoup. You can't recoup. take big chances. Right. You can right. take like, you, there's like small things that you can do and sort of like push push a little bit here, push a little bit there. Right. But you can't take like the big yeah. sort of. I, I mean, unless you're willing to bet your entire, you know, development team, you know, your entire studio, right. excuse me, um, yeah. on that chance. Then then cool. And that might that might work out for you. That might not. Um, but I think, I think that's, that's what, and, and we see that. And that was actually something, you know, I was, I was thinking about talking about in this discussion as well is that with the closure of certain studios, you know, like with the Gollum game tanking with, uh, with Redfall, you know, I, I don't know if that, I don't think that tanked the studio. Um, but no, no, Arcane's safe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they've, they've have a string of, of good games as well. Um, but you do, but even with those two games, okay. So, so there's the idea of tanking the studio. Let's, let's shelve that for just a second. But even with those two games, I think we, we're seeing more and more common nowadays games come out in a broken state or at least in, in a form 
if it's not unfinished, it, there are some major problems where the studio or maybe it's the publisher just tend to kind of kick the can for a little bit. I mean, even Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. We see, we see jank all over the place um, from companies that, that want to release these games, um, you know, these, these big, huge games that aren't ready, but they need to start recouping their costs. Mm -hmm. Right. Am I, am I wrong here? It feels, it feels as though nowadays, this is happening more and more. Do you think that has to do with the the way that uh, the way that AAA is managed? Because I don't feel that that you see that very often with indie games. Indie games tend to either take their time or their scope is not nearly as huge, mm-hmm. so you don't have to do as much bug squashing <laughs> because you don't have systems on top of systems on top of systems. I think what can help in the indie game uh, circumstance too is that like so often especially a new indie game like mm-hmm. is a very slow rollout like it'll go on steam early yeah. access for a long time and they're That's squashing true. bugs or like i know of um again stardew valley like mm-hmm. that he was like had basically a reddit thread or something like that where people would report bugs and he would himself manually go in and adjust the code and release a new patch yeah. um so i think there's there's definitely a much bigger spotlight on AAA releases, like whether that's a ongoing series or something new. So like there's much, there's a, there's a much bigger expectation to deliver yeah. on rollout. Yeah. Um, and that's it's the same thing too of like, you don't, you don't get paid. The studio doesn't get paid while you're making the game. Like, I mean, right workers do but like the the money doesn't come in until the game's out so it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you could run out of money and like you just have to put the game out because you need to start making money back right right yeah well or, or there's pressure from investors mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like we need to see a profit on this i think uh i can't remember what it was but i think cyberpunk a lot of the reason mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. sort of like got the the uh the PS4 and Xbox uh, One versions of that game were released in the states that they were because basically the board of investors was like, we need, we this thing has to go. Yeah. You know? Which, and that created, and but there were a ton of other issues. There was like some kind of like, uh, you know, I don't want to call it lying, but there was a, <laughs> Certainly, deception. Some, <laughs> some uh, twisting of the the, the truth in some, mm-hmm. you know, uh, illusions, Michael. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Tricks are. Oh no, sorry, I can't say that on I, the podcast. I think, you know, in sort of talking about this, like each one of these things has their place in in the 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 economy in the, in the, the the sort of the ecosphere here, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and. I'm just like, there's a part of me that is just a little concerned is like, and, and not that I, I don't think indies are going to like just disappear like overnight. Yeah. But it's like, as, and this is the, the hard part too, right? Is that because these things are works of art, but they're also these commercial products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of need to, you need them to make, like they cost money, but you also need them to make money. But, 
what I'm really hoping, and and honestly, sort of like one of my biggest frustrations is that there have been programs uh, in the past, like, you know, Sony, they uh, they used to call it like the pub fund or something like that, where they would just, they would finance games, like these smaller, more independent, I think like a Guacamelee might've been one of those. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Maybe. I'm not 100% on that. But they they would do stuff like this. And I think honestly like now with the emergence of like the Game Pass and the subscription model type stuff, mm-hmm. what would be really interesting it would be to see Sony and Microsoft both so like PlayStation and Xbox use their subscription services as sort of like testing beds and like bring on these sort of like these smaller developers who are looking to secure like so funding for their projects and things like that. And use those as like test beds and then work mm-hmm. on like more contracts. But because of like, again, the the day one on Game Pass kind of like model, I wonder how much of that is going to get kind of like choked out mm-hmm. because it's like the big spectacle is, it's the big spectacle. It's like, y- you know. Right. There might be like some really cool things going on with some sparklers, but like if somebody's like launching giant like, you know, mortars off and like ripping off like some big fireworks you're probably losing some of that like lower end stuff and i just i there's a whole like there's kind of like this this weird like the market is sort of like in a lot of ways like indie stuff is really healthy like we have a really healthy indie scene in a lot of ways right and we have a pretty healthy triple a scene but there's a lot of stuff that sort of like floats in between the middle there that we're just not seeing a lot of either and so it's kind of like I don't I don't know. There's something like about this that I want to see sort of like, and I guess sort of like even talking about like the 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 A A games, right? Where it's sort of like you have some of maybe that like the the sort of like the the exploratory, adventurous sort of like indie sensibilities with a little more production value. And okay. I think to to give an example, and I'm trying to confirm if I'm if I heard this right, I think Hi-Fi Rush is kind of like that. Like, I think it, that was... Okay. Yeah. Nate, do you know? You, or... Yeah. Know, like, yeah. Go ahead. No, that's like, Hi-Fi Rush is probably a great example of exactly what I'm kind of looking for and looking after. Because it does like, it's like, I played a little bit of it and it just didn't stick with me. Oh, man. I wanted it to. <laughs> but like, if I'm being honest, I don't know if I just have like really bad rhythm or something but it just wasn't like and you know uh our buddy micah i was talking to him about it he was like you probably just need to go and like really give it some time because i i played for like an hour he was like he's like it took me a while to like get it to like really like kind of land he's like but once it did it was like so maybe i'll go back i still have a little bit of time on my game pass sub so yeah i think the idea of like the, I think that like the director was kind of in like an apprentice role for Tango Gameworks and like them, the, I know the, the head guy, I think just left Tango, but mm-hmm. um, that was the idea was to kind of like get this more indie sensibility, but also give like the bigger production behind it. Um, and kind of like take this up and coming director, like under their wing and help them kind of get set up. I guess like my my fear is that we're we're sort of what we're seeing is like 
the only place that we're going to see like the really interesting ideas initially is going to be in these really smaller product projects. Mm-hmm. And there's you're they're almost sort of like going to be not served as well. Whereas if we would throw like a little bit more capital at that, like at these projects, they could really be something really kind of spectacular and unique. And like the middle ground is falling out, I guess is sort of what I'm saying here. And like, I, like, I think like hi-fi Russian, a lot of this stuff. And, and, and it's like, and again, like I like indie games, you know, it's like some of my, like I said, you know, I mentioned Katana zero, but then we've, like I said, we've talked about, Hades and I know like it's it's more of a true but like or no we haven't talked about Hades yet I was thinking about mm-hmm. Hades Hades <laughs> is like a triple I game where it's like this sort of like it's at like the higher end of like the it's like yeah. this is premium indie right here yeah. um this is like the really good like you know uh this is like fair trade organic coffee kind of stuff where it's <laughs> like you know um but I think like like I said the the thing is that the the indie market really only sort of emerged well when PC gaming sort of really exploded indie gaming because then yeah. you could have people like you'd have like Steam and stuff like that yeah. where you could just make games and people could play them right mm-hmm. so a lot of that like you know I think about um what is that uh it's a uh, it was like the return to form a, a cave story. Mm, okay. Like, yeah. Like that was sort of like a, like when I'm like thinking about like indie games and sort of like the real sort of like when they really actually started becoming a thing, like a yeah. cave story, I think was sort of at the forefront of that. Um, and it just, like I said, there, there's this kind of thing that I've just been noticing and I just kind of, I like, and, and, I, I like I noticed this like 15 20 years ago the the thing that was really like the really interesting ideas were happening in the indie space yeah like I said the katana zeros the the hotline Miamis like it's just like the weird mm-hmm. like one-off like what if we just did something like absolutely wild and bizarre and sometimes like they're just like runaway successes and I guess I want to see more of that and I want to see a little bit more of that celebrated um even yeah. though right now I'm, I'm part of the problem and that I'm only <laughs> playing like the big, give me like the big messy spectacle. Yeah. I, as you're talking about kind of like the, like the single A and double A games kind of dropping off the radar. I think that there's not really like a price target for that where it's like, if stuff is double A, like it's going to be 60 or 70 anyway. Yeah. And so it's kind of like it, then it's doing the like cost benefit analysis, analysis against like Elden Ring or Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. but on the other side of that is like indies can be whatever price you want to pay. Like that's $1 to $30. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I also, even with indies as well, like I'm still, like I say how much like I'd rather it, rather pursue those kind of experiences where they're, more adventurous, more like more risky. I really only tried this out on Game Pass because I'm not as willing okay. to actually spend 15 bucks on a game that yeah. I may or may not like. I just think the idea is interesting. Mm-hmm. And so like I also think I am part of the problem because where I'm spending the bulk of my money is still on Tears of the Kingdom or like the yeah. bigger stuff that I know will hit for me. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's that's part of the problem too. The, the I think well, a problem that we've identified sort of even in this is that as we're getting older and the market is growing, like there are more and more games. Like in like you know, in some ways, like the the big splashes, we're only getting like maybe three or four of those per platform per year, right? Yeah. But like the smaller stuff is just like there's a proliferation. Like there's like new games dropping on any one of these stores like every week, like sometimes dozens of games in a week, right? you know? And so that kind of puts a bit of a premium on time. And so it's like you said, it's like, I'm, I, it's not even a money issue for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. like, cause I think like out of the three of us and I'm not trying to like throw shade at you guys, I probably spend the most. Um, you, you know, like when it just comes to like, like buying games, um, and just, I probably, and just like throwing my, like season passes and all the mm-hmm. other stupid stuff, you know, that I do. <laughs> um, but it's like, I probably, out of the three of us, I probably spend the most per year on games. And mm-hmm. even there, like it's, I'm going to like go, like, I'm kind of going to throw my money at like, yeah, the sure bet, sure. you know, it's yeah, like yeah. the thing that I like. You know, there are probably like a couple indie games I could have picked up that I probably would have enjoyed, or I can buy Diablo Four. Sure. You know, and it's like Diablo Four is going to win out. Yeah. Like mostly because I'm a uh, I'm a fiend and I need my fix, but um, mm-hmm. but I think like you know, like I said, there's just to me, it's, this is kind of like. Too, I think not even a, a, a sort of an issue of putting my money where my mouth is, but just to remember, like, you know, that that is why, like, I check out, like, I have a subscription, a sub to Game Pass. That's why I have a sub to PS Plus. Yeah. It's like for like the smaller, weirder stuff that I'm kind of interested in. And then, yeah, remember to use it as a test bed occasionally and sort of like check out some of that smaller stuff. And when you find something that's like worth celebrating or worth talking about, it, like, I think one of the things that you said, Mark, is that like if I find something I really like, I end up buying it anyways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important too. And yeah. but it's just kind of an interesting problem that that I've sort of, like I said, as we've gotten older, time more than anything, my time is at a premium. Yeah. Um, like I can afford, I can afford to buy pretty much whatever I want, you know. Um, Within reason, sure. you yeah. know, but it's like, I could, but the question sort of becomes like, and that's the, the biggest consideration is like, and even sort of like sometimes when I'm playing Destiny, I'm like, should I be playing this or should I be playing like <laughs> some other things, um, you, you know? So that's, yeah. that's kind of like an interesting thing where it's like, and, and in a lot of ways, those, those indie games in in some sense, especially like the smaller bites would sort of be probably more advantageous. I just yeah. need to actually do that. Yeah. Well, okay. So the last kind of thing that, that I, that comes to mind in, in this conversation, I just say that because we can, yeah. we can start wrapping down or yeah. Okay. Uh, Winding down, wrapping sense. it Winding, up. Yes. I, I, I exactly. knew what you were getting at, but that sounds it, bad. Um, wrapping down. Yeah. Wrapping down to me. Um, is 
is that frankly, I think part of that too is marketing budgets um, mm-hmm. and how mm. th- a AAA game, you're going to hear about it. It's going to be, th- and again, whether that marketing is, is hearing about it, whether it's, you know, sending out the pre-release builds or things like that. Um, it, and frankly, you know, we, t- we, we complain about games journalism and I think rightfully so um, because there are some vested interests there. I'm not, I mean that in that you go to a video game website and most video game websites have video game ads. That's just how it goes. Sure. Um, That's, that's all that I'm saying is so, is so like they're plastered all kinds of places. So you hear about the AAA games and they have a long tail too. a lot, a lot of games. Some don't, some don't, um, but their their game. I mean, you know, Final Fantasy. Well, heck, Tears of the Kingdom came out two months ago, yeah. and and I'm still hearing from it, you know, all the time. Um, one, you know, due to the nature of how how big it is, and I think with smaller games and smaller experiences, it's it's both of those things is you don't hear as much of the lead up unless you're kind of in the know unless oh this one broke kickstarter records or you know something right, like yeah. that then maybe then it goes silent for a couple years while they actually develop the game and then you know it comes out and it may have some fanfare um or some may kind of slip under the radar but they typically in my in my experience don't have very long tails um after mm-hmm. it comes out you typically don't hear the within a ne- the next month or so outside of your Hades or something sure. like that, where th- it's from a, a bigger indie studio, a bigger and proven, you know, time tested. And it's also just a flipping fantastic game. Cause I, I think, I think I could say the same about hollow Knight. You do hear about that game all the time. Um, because I think that one's a gem, you know? So, so th- I guess it's not necessarily for every game, but I do think that marketing plays a part into it. Well, I think what's interesting about like Hollow Knight and Hades both is that those were games that basically like people played them and word of mouth. And it was like, Mm. like, I mean, even us, Josh, like when we were playing like Hollow Knight, it was like, like we couldn't stop like gushing about it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like you're talking about it like every, we were talking about every episode for probably like five or six episodes, (laughs) you know? And then when I was on my Hades kick and I was just like, I would probably, I brought it up every time we talked. I was like, dude, this game is awesome. Yeah. This game is awesome. This game is awesome. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, like it doesn't have like the, the, the giant, but the giant ads Mm -hmm. on websites or whatever. But, and, and granted, like, Team Cherry, like with Hollow Knight, that that was more of just like this thing kind of came out of nowhere. Whereas Hades, like you know, Super Giants, a little more established. But right. like even there, it's like a lot. A lot of the times, like when you have like the really like big success stories in this sort of the indie space, a lot of it is is basically like there's sort of like these little pockets of like almost like evangelists, like mm-hmm. Stardew mm-hmm. Valley. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like months for months on the internet. It was just like when that game first came out, people were like, Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley. <laughs> yep. And I was like, what is this? Oh, it's a Harvest Moon-like thing. Nope, mm-hmm. I need to avoid that like it's the plague <laughs> because I want to have a life. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you look like you were going to say something, Mark. So. Uh, what you were saying reminded me, there is a book called Hitmakers by okay. Derek Thompson, okay. which is like, 
kind of about this where it's like about how do things go viral and kind of like his his thesis is like you can't really make something go viral but it mm. often the way that these things do kind of just catch on and just get spread out so easily are these like particular points of evangelists or like okay. they might get used a song might get used in commercial and then from there it becomes a a hit song on the radio yeah. um and oh like i feel like a lot of these times like for an like a really smaller indie game, like the best thing you can hope for is a viral moment. Like maybe it's a streamer um, yep. picks it up or I think of um, like getting over it is I don't know how big okay. that studio was to begin with. Yeah. But like I has, I've seen videos of it all the time because of just people losing their minds playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of more examples too, but vampire survivors. Yes. Yeah. Among us. Yeah. Among us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's these, I forget the term uh, he uses in the book, but it's like these particular points that kind of are these linchpins where it just spreads out and kind of grows from there. And that's like, that does the marketing for it. And that's kind of what they can really hope for. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, there was like a theory, I don't think it's a real theory, uh, but the idea of how much tears of the kingdom was kind of hoping for viral moments of like kind of helping people create these, like shareable memeable moments um, okay. as part of the, like a secret marketing campaign for the game. Um, I don't think there's that much validity to it, but it just, it's an interesting like way to look at that even for the triple A games too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how much about the fact that you can build things in the game mm-hmm. and it's so interactive in that way. Um, it, it, rather than being linear, like how much of that, that's a, that's a good question, was purposeful for the sake of marketing rather than simply for the, for the sake of utility within the game. Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's an interesting, interesting question, interesting idea. Um, well, I think before we, um, we get a little too bloated on this episode, um, I know we've been talking for quite a while already. Kind of the pros, the cons, um, and I, I, I hope it doesn't sound as if you know we're all on one side or the other. I think <laughs> I've, I love. Uh, there are some AAA games that I absolutely adore. There are some indie games that I adore, and you know everything in between. And I think there there are some major problems when you go. Um, or, or there are some games that fit into both categories that I hate. I'll put it that sure. way. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. for for various reasons. Um, I mean, and, and there are some that kind of like cross over these ideas of. Um, oh, I can't think of the game. The one that that everyone trashed, the indie game that everyone trashed when it came out, and then they've since added a ton about the space, um, uh, the space simulator, not simulator, but but the regenerating world or the the randomly generating worlds. Oh, I can't think uh, of no, man's no man's sky. No man's sky. I'm thinking of that where that's an indie game that really had the scope and scale of a major AAA game, mm. and frankly, that kind of buckled under its idea the weight of all of that mm-hmm. when it originally released and now they've made it much better so um so there are games like that that kind of like straddle the line of like oh this this has the soul of a triple a game yeah. that's made by an indie studio you know um but all that being said do you guys have any final thoughts or anything that, that kind of comes to mind as we wind down 
I mean, for me, there there was something that like sort of I was as we were talking, and even sort of as we were winding down, like I think, especially in this this economy, like we need to be discerning. We need to be like wise with mm-hmm. our money. But I think if you you know, and this isn't the first time I've said something along these lines, but like if you I don't think we can be afraid to like pay like kind of put our money where our mouths are. Okay. You know, yeah. in the sense that like um and again be frugal, be wise, you know, and, and I'm not saying never buy things on a deal. Um, but I, I think that, that there is something important that in this, just the more I sort of look at this, and like I said, some of this is, a lot of this is sort of like, for me, it's like the, the ABK revelations, like in the price tags and the, the, the amount of money that they were talking about. Like, mm-hmm. GTA six is rumored to be at least development costs at least $800 million. Oh my goodness. And it could very easily be twice that. Um, now granted, like, you know, uh, they've been (laughs) Ricky, like the rock rock star has been like making, you know, hand over like with GTA five online and everything else. And like, yeah, for the past decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like they're hurting for cash, but I do think it is sort of one of these things. It's like, there is something about this, like that just kind of like, we need to make sure that like the things that we like and that like, if, if we really want to care about this medium, mm-hmm. we, we also need to sort of like, like at least be willing to put in table stakes occasionally, you know, and I'm not saying don't yeah. use things like game pass or whatever, but I'm saying like, you know, sometimes I, I think it is good for us to remember that like, you know, let's, I don't know. Well, there, I th- there's just something in there. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that's a good, like um, equation is not the right word, but a consideration of, is because I tend towards only buying games on deals. Like I rarely ever buy brand new games. Tears of the Kingdom notwithstanding. Um, But I I think there is the question of, uh, is it worth um, spending a few more dollars to support this game that that this developer is releasing? Is it really worth the savings to not, in essence, like not really be supporting them. Um, if you're, you know, if, if you're waiting or if you're. Yeah. And I'm not that saying that like, like, you know, buy everything day one or within right. the first week right. or month or whatever, no. or, yeah. or never buy things. On. I'm just saying like, I do think like, cause there's a danger in that as well. Sort of on the, being on the other side of that. It's called a backlog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or just you just wait until everything's on sale and then you buy it all, right? Um, yeah, you know, but I think like the like you know, sort of even with this like I think more so like yes, do this for the AAA games from time to time, you know. Um, especially like you know, Elden Ring is like one of those ones that I wish I would have like pulled the trigger on. And there's mm. like, listen, 
Tears of the Kingdom ain't never coming down for seventy dollars. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you know, Nintendo's going to get their money out of me uh, eventually. But it's especially I think when it comes like to the indie side of things, like that's because that is where the the more creative. That that's like the more exploratory, adventurous, creative stuff is coming out of that side of things, and so I think it's it's important to make sure that they're kind of getting their bag. Yeah, I think on top of that is like also just to talk about the games that you like too. Like especially yeah. If, yeah. It, if you find yeah. an indie game, if it's like something you tried out on Game Pass or anything like that, like tell your friends about it. That's like kind of the same spiel we give for podcasts where it's like, if you want to, well, this is different because you normally do have to pay for games. You don't have to pay for podcasts, but like the least you can do is tell your friends about the, about the podcast. And like the least you can do is tell your friends about the game that you love or like, and just to like, yeah, have a conversation about it kind of. And, and like I mentioned, like talking about, those viral moments, like oftentimes it's just a connection point that diffuses out from there. Um, I did want to note too, that currently tears of the kingdom is 57, 18 on Amazon. So Nate, your time is now. It's it's there waiting for you. We've, I've got an adoption that I got to get through. Um, (laughs) like that's a, I, I was actually eyeballing a, uh, their budget cigars, Right. So like, mm-hmm. you know, and this is like a weird aside and you're like, what does this have to do with anything? Well, we're talking about spending money, but it's like, there's a, Alec Bradley makes these cigars called pucks, P U C K's. Um, and it's like their budget sort of thing. So it's like 50 bucks for a box of 20 or whatever, but they smoke like they're really, they smoke like a much nicer cigar. Oh, nice. Um, and so I was like, I wanted to get a box, but then I was like, if I spent fifty dollars, uh, my wife might kill me. Um, <laughs> so there's there is that. Yeah, I, I mean, doesn't mean I'm not going to get that box. It just means I'm not going to get it <laughs> right now. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to get you know Tears of the Kingdom, mm-hmm. just not right not now. Right. Maybe not right now. <laughs> Like I, I, yeah. I, I, I would rather be around to be a father to my son. <laughs> no, but I, I think that that is a good thing to like to to sort of remember and reinforce yeah. that mark because, yeah. like, yeah, like the the kind of like the spending, you know, putting your money where your mouth is is kind of like like the easy part, but also just putting your mouth kind of where your heart is, you know, is is also like valuable like you know and not to get too like i'm not trying to overly spiritualize this but i think about the parable of the widow's might right Mm -hmm. she didn't have a lot now again it's an issue of like giving like she gave money but i think like the point was like and and it's different in a lot of ways but the point is like give for give what you can Hmm. and you know and i think like the the thing is like in in a way these are just video games but there's something really neat about this medium that i think is worth uh, sort of championing and protecting and wanting to see flourish um that is worth kind of like fighting for and sometimes that means like yeah like you just said like talking about it like i mean and sort of like having those conversations and sort of like 
putting people on on the trails of like really cool games and moments. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yep. I nice. I mentioned it as we kind of uh, looked over our top one hundred. It was it was a game that I that even I think we had bumped up as well. Is the the nonary games which. I get or nonary games. I think um, I get uh, are not necessarily indie games, but I do feel like they have that heart because of something, some unique elements to those games and the way that it it could only be done through the medium of video games. Um, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but there are elements in the game um, that you come across in all video games, but that. Um, you don't consider <laughs> like uh why does mario have lives you, know, you don't think about that you just it's so that you can keep playing the game um there are things like that that come up in those games that actually have narrative reasons behind them that play into when everything kind of like comes out and when you figure out what what's going on um so anyways all that to say is there's something very unique about those games in particular and so um, as I sit and reflect on, you know, the games that I enjoy, there's something there, um, and which is why, you know, I'd mentioned it on that episode and, and I've been thinking more about, um, how to, how to communicate it in such a way that's, that's non-spoilery, um, for <laughs> those games in particular. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think even just talking about it because those, so the, those games in particular, I remember they, um, they, while they were published, you know, bigger games, um, they didn't do very well. (laughs) Even the third entry, it required a lot. I think it, there was a Kickstarter campaign. I could be totally wrong about that, but I know it, it was a lot of fans calling for a third entry. Um, and, and so there are some things there. So anyways, um, that those are those are some games or series of games that kind of comes to mind as we talk about this as well, and then thinking how we can, you know, support the people that actually make these unique creations yeah. and things like that. So, so I think I think that's very helpful um, to ask, to consider, to think about as well. So, um, I appreciate the conversation we've had here today, um, and some of the things we've stumbled on. Um, of course. You know, there's tons of ways. If anyone listening wants to to throw in some thoughts too, because there's so much more that could be said here, tons of ways you can get a hold of us. Um, you can email us at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com. Uh, on Twitter, our handle is at bbdowncast. We've got an Instagram, which is the backlog breakdown on Instagram. Um, our the link for our Discord is in the show notes as well. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I'll just go there. If you want to get a little bit more personal uh, on the internet, I generally go by Broccolope. Nate generally goes by Nate underscore McKeever. That's right. Mark, where can they find you? Yes, I have a podcast called 11 and a Half Minutes to Talk About Video Games. If you start typing a title that long, it'll you'll probably find it. Um, <laughs> but I'm also out on social media at 11.5 minutes on Instagram. That's 11 period five minutes on Twitter. That's one, one P O I N T five minutes because Twitter mm. doesn't let you do periods. And I found that out too late. <laughs> um, yeah. Find me there. We talk about video games. It's a pretty short podcast. Yeah. Love it. But it's, it's fantastic. It, it is fun. And I'm not just saying that because <laughs> I've been on it. I, I, 
enjoy it. I I, I just I love the entire premise, you know, and I think yeah. I've said this every time that I've talked to you about it. It's uh it's just fun. And it's mm-hmm. like like this like 10 minute like sound bite that kind of like gets in my head and makes me think. So mm-hmm. nice. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate y'all both being on multiple times. So I know there's one more of Josh coming out in the near future. Uh oh. Who knows when that will be, but <laughs> but one it's of these coming. days, you know, I know that we were sort of invited to like one of your big blowouts, and yeah, one yeah. of these days we will make the big blowout. Nice, mm-hmm. and that will balloon from an hour and a half to three. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it will. It'll be. We'll just look at you and say, like, get on our level. Um, Welcome to the big leagues, the triple A's. <laughs> right, right. Now, before uh, we end this episode, we do have a few more forms that we want to we want to hit before we're out of here. Um, first off, would be our our shout outs, our community shout outs. Obviously, Mark, you're here, you're a patron. Okay. We love what you do. We love your podcast, um, but we do also want to highlight uh, a couple other people in our community and some um, advancements that have happened there as well. So Nate, did you have, I don't know if I would necessarily call it advancement. Um, <laughs> it's more of almost like we've promotions. Um, just because like, uh, no, just... we've, we've kind of subjected them to, you know, uh, yeah, this, we've exposed them to horrors untold um, previously <laughs> to this. Um, I did want, so we recently, um, I have labeled them the bro community dudes mm-hmm. to play on words, community. I, I hate myself. Yes. Um, it's terrible. I know it is. And I did it anyways, but, um, <laughs> so proud of you. We had, we had a couple members that I felt like, you know, especially in sort of our more community oriented events, like, the the draft and the book club style events it just it, it was getting to be a bit much trying to stay on top of the the coordinating and the keeping people on task and everything else and uh porcho had sort of brought some stuff up and asked if maybe he could help and then i was actually like sort of just thinking about like dorian has always been good for that stuff he's mm-hmm. been on pretty much like every book club episode we've ever had and so between the two of them i kind of said well hey um, how would you guys like to just like oversee this? And uh, so, yeah, they uh, they're in our Discord now, and uh, Porcho is uh, being a, a wonderful little benevolent dictator, um, <laughs> you know. And uh, Dorian, I think, is just being like the silent one. Yeah, I think he's walking softly and carrying a big stick, mm. um, just waiting, <laughs> or, a Nerf or, or maybe an, or an airsoft gun. <laughs> <laughs> To, to shoot you in the neck when you aren't paying attention. Um, <laughs> that was an absolutely adorable clip. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, just wanted to shout those guys out, being like, hey, appreciate them, appreciate yeah. uh, their contributions to the community and their willingness to sort of step into some uh, mess. <laughs> yeah, and they did hit the ground running. I did just want to mention that for our next book club episode, we are going to be hitting Final Fantasy as a series. So pick a Final Fantasy game and play through that, and then let us know. Uh, we'll let you know when the recording will be. 
for that next uh, book club episode, but that should be a fun time talking about all kinds of Final Fantasies. More information uh, for that in the Discord, so come join us there if you'd like to join in on that episode. Mark, do you have anything that you want to shout out or anybody? Oh, um, I will. I know. I don't know if, get to, if it's okay for him to get two shout outs, but Porcho has reached out. Um, every uh, past few episodes, of 11 and a half minutes, he'll reach out and kind of give his thoughts on it. And that's exactly the sort of thing that I would hope for out of this podcast. So it's really nice to kind of have a quick little chat with Porcho. So I appreciate that's that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. He's, Way to go, he man. He's a good time. He Stand is. up, dude. He is, he is, he is good people. It's too bad he's in that prison colony um, <laughs> of a continent. Um, or maybe he just feels bad for us because we're stuck in the States. Um, he's a man of the future. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So he does live in the future. He, he, he's, yes, this is, this is, this is true, which is, uh, Wesley might find unsettling because he's our, he's our resident time Lord. Um, but man, it is kind of going places I did not foresee. Um, so Josh, why don't we sort of briefly talk about our personal challenges and get okay. the updates and then we'll, we'll sort of wind it out with the question. The question. Got it. The, uh, okay. So personal challenge last time I talked about reading scripture throughout the day. So, um, you know, because I have three meals, why not just set aside three different times throughout the day to, to read at least a little bit of scripture. Um, that was my challenge two weeks ago. How did I do? Very poorly. Um, that did not, I set some alarms, but that did not, um, actually cause me to do it more than maybe twice over the past two weeks. Um, so I would like to continue that challenge. However, I've refined it a little bit. Um, I think just the, uh, more of a focus will help, um, will help me uh, just be more a little bit more motivated. And so in particular, um, I'd, I'd like to continue the same basic idea, but the different um, sessions throughout the day. I'll focus in the morning, you know, when I first wake up, um, it'll be more of a devotional reading of scripture. And then in the middle of the day, you know, around lunchtime or whatever, um, I want to read a psalm and or a proverb, you know, something like that. And then in the afternoon, I want to work on memorization. So having those chunks more kind of set aside, I think, and, and a little bit more focused will be helpful. Um, you guys feel free to keep me on task uh, and you know, ask throughout the week, hey, how you doing? So <laughs> as far as my personal challenges and my update goes, um, now, I had briefly talked about this. And I don't know if I actually include this as part of my actual challenges. Uh, I have been talking about like the trying to establish better wake up and like sort of like starting the day and closing out the day with sort of more of like just hitting some routines. And like, frankly, that's been a real struggle. Um, okay. But that's, you know, it's, I, I want to keep, part of that but like the other side of that is like doing basically um sort of creating these uh synopsis for chapters of the bible and i had mentioned that i thought i was going to start in galatians and i did um and nice. so i have like a synopsis sort of a running synopsis for chapter one in galatians which is you know basically paul it's his introduction to the letter uh to the church in galatia where he establishes his credentials and then calls them to repent of the false gospel of uh, legalism that 
Yeah. And that's sort of that's just awesome. like, like this idea of sort of like just sort of building in these placeholders for like saying like, okay, like as a general rule, I need to think about this in scripture. Where can I kind of find that? Mm-hmm. And sort of narrowing it that down. I'm working on chapter two now where, uh, you know, the, this one, and it, it's like you, you spend basically, I spend like 10, 15 minutes a day. Like I listened to chapter two a couple of times today and I was just thinking about it. But like throughout the week, it's like I build out the synopsis and I just think about it. And it's like sort of distill it down to like one or two sentences and saying like, this is what chapter two will be about. Um, so Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I did do that. So <laughs> Yes. Awesome. But we have, we have, we have one last thing to sort of like deal with before we uh, sort of roll on out here. And and Josh. That's right. Before we, we take off, there is something we have to say Uh, that it it comes in the form of a question. And that question is, what is your your question? What Mm -hmm. is your question? We got a great question. If I do say so myself. Yeah, I I was just pulling it up. Uh, so, friend of the show, Reed Butterfield, actually PM'd me. P, hmm. PM'd, PM'd me. <laughs> he PM'd me on Facebook. Man, Ed, we are it's it's wind down time, folks. We are the struggle is real here. Um, but he PM'd me uh, on Facebook and sort of he sent me a question, and at first it was like. He, he actually said, I don't know if this is a, what is your question? Um, but as the person in my friend circle with the most knowledge about video games, I wanted to get your take. What impact will these Hollywood strikes have on the video game industry? Might the lack of shows and movies drive more people to the video game medium for entertainment? Um, and so I, I sort of, I sat on that for a little bit and I, 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 I hope he didn't think that I forgot about him. I actually sent him a, a message back and I said, uh, yeah, we're going to use it tonight. So um, for our recording. Nice. So Reed, get a hold of us uh, when you, when you hear this and we will find you a way to get you $5. Um, but uh, if I'm being honest, I think with the prevalence of like all the streaming services and everything else that, uh, the people who are watching TV and movies will continue to watch TV and movies at pretty much a, an uninterrupted rate. Um, and the the reason I think that it, we might see a bit of an uptick in video games, maybe. But I think the one of the biggest problems is I don't think there's like an easy transition from television to video games. And I say this because uh, television and movies both are much more passive mm-hmm. um, versions of media intake, whereas video games require you to you know interact with them so that you have to have the controller in hand. You have to. There's a little more agency. Actually, there's agency involved, which is like the the big thing that separates video games from film. Uh, and TV in a lot of ways is that there's a lot more agency going on on the behalf of the consumer. Um, so potentially, but if I'm being honest, I don't think it's going to do much of a dent. I think like probably what's going to happen is a lot of reruns are going to like pop up and lot like it does it put a pretty big damper on like projects like 
recording new projects, writing new movies and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, my Hollywood kind of sucks anyway. So <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's my take on it. What do you guys have mm-hmm. to say on that? Yeah. Mark, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I had thoughts, but I think Nate kind of convinced me. I was, <laughs> I was okay. thinking that there yeah. could be an uptick more in like watching game streaming. I okay. don't really think there'd be, I'm sure there will be a, a bump. I don't think it'd be that much. I think Nate's mm-hmm. point that like there will be reruns. Um, and I think also like networks adapt. Um, and I think whenever you see strikes, you see more reality TV and I think there will just be other stuff. Um, yeah. it is a good opportunity to, instead you can watch formula one. That doesn't there you letters. go. There we go. It in. <laughs> Riders. I see what you did there. Oh, no, I'm nice. just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in man, uh, I'm not too different, too dissimilar um, from what you guys have said. I would say if there is going to be um, a, any kind of uh, uptick in playing f- video games, it's going to be from the people who are already have a predisposition to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it will introduce people who typically only watched movies, you know, watch new movies all the time to take up video games. Um, that doesn't really seem to be the case. However, if someone, you know, enjoys both, maybe they will watch less TV. You know, I can think of someone who watches, you know, all everything that Marvel puts out. Um, and then if Marvel's not going to be putting out stuff very much anymore for various reasons, um, then they would maybe want to play games more, you know, to kind of, instead of doing that. Of course, like you mentioned, there's always the the possibility of reruns. And actually, I think that was summed up in a tweet that I saw um, earlier today. And this, okay, this is a little cynical, but I don't care. I I just think it's a good tweet. It's by uh, an actor. His name is Clifton Duncan. He said this, the worst thing about the Hollywood shutdown is that now the only entertainment we have is podcasts, YouTube, video games, books, music, friends, family, and a hundred years of superior television and film. Um, so I, I think that kind of, I can't tell if he was like, it, that is not a great argument for, uh, you can't, you can't tell. Yeah. I, I don't know. It doesn't, no, it doesn't he, seem yeah. like you're arguing like the, the strike on behalf of the strike very well, friend. Right. No, no, he was not. <laughs> he was not. Uh, no, no. His his point was that it's not it's not a zero sum game if new entertainment is is not being created. It doesn't take away from what we already have. I think is what he was saying. Um, that there are plenty of other forms. He's also a musician, um, so there are plenty of other forms of entertainment that that we can find and enjoy rather than the new and shiny. I have a a bit of a, a question here um, mm-hmm. for. Like and and again, this is something that I've heard. But like, well, what I recently, is your question? My question is: uh, I recently read somewhere, and I, I wish I could remember the source. But that, like, part of the problem that Hollywood is running into is with like all of the streaming models and how, like, they just like they make movies and TV now is like, and we've we've seen it, but it's like basically there's kind of like this thought, kind of like coming out of Hollywood 
where, and I can't, and again, I wish I could remember the source where they're basically like, people are like, we don't know how to make movies and TV anymore. Hmm. Like if it's not, if it can't be sort of like leveraged in these, these streaming platforms, Mm -hmm. there's almost like no, like, which is kind of like wild because like, you know, you've got Oppenheimer, right? Mm -hmm. It just came out like Nolan, he's a bit of an auteur or whatever, but it's like, like that, it almost seems like that sort of era of film is like being left behind Mm -hmm. because of like the way streaming and everything. And like I said, I can't remember where the article was or whatever, but I was kind of like, I was like, oh, that's really in it. But it was basically someone from Hollywood saying like, yeah, like kind of like a bit of a common refrain that goes around like the it's like we don't know how to make movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Like this and I I just thought, do you guys think that like overall like there's sort of a, a staleness in Hollywood movies like it just like you know we were talking about and I know this is kind of a bit of a um well, you know what? Let's save that for a bro hang. Okay. Like we'll take like we can take like 15 20 minutes on on that question. And if you guys want to hear the answer to it, <laughs> you know what you need to do. Pay you got to pay the troll toll. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to hide this behind the wall. <laughs> so, but, if you'd like to to meet us back behind that wall, um then then you can do that, but we are going to go ahead and skedaddle. Yes, I'm a dad. I can use that word. I've only ever heard that from my dad. Um so that being said, we thank you for joining us for this conversation about indies, about AAAs, about video games, about stuff that we're into, um, yeah. and all of the above. Mark, thanks again for being here, man. Thank you. It has it's been a pleasure. Always delightful to be here. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're glad to have you on here. We're glad to call you friend, man. So yeah. we're glad that you thanks, guys. carved some time out. And uh, that being <laughs> said- yeah, it's just sometime, like you know, only like three hours of your life. It's a little bit longer um, than eleven and a half minutes, but not by much. <laughs> just a li- like it's that I was talking about, like the factors, mm-hmm. like you know, between like the disparity between like labor and then corporate mm-hmm. wages. You yeah. know, it's like there's some factoring in here. I don't know what it is, but anyways. That being said, Josh, we did the things, mm-hmm. and until next time, what should they do, guys? Keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Thank you.